Love Talk Radio. Ready or not, here I come. You can't hide. Gonna find you and take it slowly. Ready or not, here I come. You can't hide. Gonna find you and make you yeah. want me. Now that I escape, sleep, walk away. Yeah. Those who correlate know the world they kick. Jail bars ain't golden gates. Those who fake, they break. When they meet their 400 pound mate, if I could rule the world, everyone would have a gun in together, of course. We get the up and on their horse. Kick around, drinking moonshine. I pour a sip on the concrete. Put it at least, but no, don't weep. Why clefts in the state of sleep? Thinking about the robbery that I did last week. Money in the bag, banker look like a drag. I wanna play with pelicans from here to Baghdad. Gun blast, think fast, I think I'm hit. My girl pinched my hips to see if I still exist. I think not, I'll send a letter to my friends. A born again hooligan, only to be king again. Ready or not, here I come, you can't hide. Gonna find you and take it slowly. Ready or not, Alrighty, welcome to the April 22nd edition of RubberGuard Radio. I'm your host, KZ, and this episode of RubberGuard is brought to you by our sponsors, WrestleWarehouse.com, Lucha Libre Masks, Wrestling DVDs, T-shirts. Also, make sure to check out the shoot interview that I conducted with Michael Modest, as well as the Ballard Brothers, and there's also a shoot interview that was conducted by Jeff Dino, the owner and operator of Wrestle Warehouse. Uh, he conducted it in 2008 with Tracy Smothers. I'd also like to throw shots out to my other sponsor, Wrestle Warehouse, or excuse me, SlamBamJam.com. Alfredo Esparza, who was on the show last week, um, has got the kick-ass lucha, uh, current Japanese pro wrestling, some classics. Uh, I just got in a seven-disc Best of the Miracle Violence Connection. Um, so, Docking Gordy in my future, baby. Also, uh, got to throw props out to the mothership, um, AngryMarks.com, Stevie J, and the rest of the boys. And all y'all, much love. And, uh, I have on the line my co-host, Rob, from Pennsylvania. And also, uh, judging by the song that was playing at the beginning of the show, um, it reminded me of the summer of 1997. I'd like to welcome to the show Shooter Tony Jones. Welcome to the show, Shooter. Thank you very much for having me. Now, it's kind of trippy to hear your theme song, huh, and not have to walk down the aisle. (laughs) Yeah, you played a lot of it, too. I'm not used to hearing the whole thing. (laughs) Man, well, let's uh, let's just start from the beginning. How did you um, decide you wanted to use that as a theme song? Um, <clears throat> to be honest with you, uh, I remember when I when I very first got in the business, um, I had heard that the Outsiders, Scott yes. Hall and Kevin Nash, um, mm-hmm. I believe they came into the ring with that song just a couple of times, but you know, I guess due to licensing issue and everything, and because of the, the platform that WCW is on. You know, they couldn't use the song, so they changed it over, obviously, to the NWO theme and all that kind of, you know, cool stuff. But, uh, yeah, I guess I stole it. (laughs) Cool. Tremendous. How you doing, Rob? I'm doing good, man. How about you guys? How you guys doing? Actually, it's nice. It's it's 
not as hot as it was yesterday and the day before here, Northern California. So, you know, it's cooled off a bit. Which not is, as uh, hot here either at 40 degrees. <laughs> so, all right. Well, b- before we go any further, um, just a few quick announcements. Um, tomorrow I will be doing a special Lucha-only show with uh, Fet Man, um, Tony Galvin of uh, the Lucha Listening Podcast and the CubsFan.com, uh, LuchaBlog.com. That'll be tomorrow. Uh, look for updates wherever you can see them. And also on Friday, um, us here at Rubber Guard Radio, we're going to be launching a, a new concept. Uh, once a month, we're, we're going to do a show. It'll be a daytime show, and it's the 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 name of the show. <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry, guys. I'm I'm a little under the weather. Yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just uh, it's just rough, man. Allergies are kicking my ass. But uh, the first guest for our for our new formatted show will be Mr. Bill Barons. Uh, we're going to discuss booking and uh, character development and whatnot and promos. Um, so yeah, that's going to be uh, on uh, on uh, Friday this Friday at ten or eleven a.m. in the morning, um, since uh, Bill's working uh, early on Friday. So that's going to be our first booking spotlight show. Uh, we're going to do one one show a month, and we're going to have a, a person um, that has done something in the creative end of the business, so that you know we can get kind of an inside inside look there. So uh, enough of the bullshit. Um, I have shooter on the line. So uh, you you wrestled in college at San Francisco State. You lettered. Um, now, what made you decide to become a pro? Um, when I was a uh when I was, you know, going to school, when I was going to school, I kind of to, to help support myself. I used to work at a video store, you know, it was just a video rental store, and uh, it was a, it was a, it was a cool gig, you know. I mean, I got a chance, I could do my homework, you know, and I, when, you know, wrestling took up a lot of my time as far as training and all that kind of stuff. It was real flexible at my schedule, just, you know, being on the road and all that kind of stuff. On the weekends, we'd always have, um, you know, dual meets, so it was a real flexible job. It was really cool, and we always got in the. Uh, the newest, you know, WW at the time, WWF tapes, right? Mm-hmm. We got some, you know, some of the old NWA and WCW tapes. And I was a fan of pro wrestling since I was a kid. I mean, before I, I remember going to kindergarten, I remember I remember thinking the first day of school, I hope I can find somebody, you know, who likes wrestling so I can talk to them about it, you know. Now, now, did you grow up here, Shooter? Yeah, I grew up in Daly City, in Daly City oh, okay. California. Like 10 yeah, me too, baby. D.C.! Yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Blowing up the W. But yeah, I'm sorry. No, so I worked at a well, I worked at a store called Captain Video. Maybe you can understand that. You maybe you know that one. Captain Video on Unipresera. That's right. Oh man. Yeah, I worked, there. I worked there. I worked there in college. It was a really cool gig. And like I said, the manager was you know really nice, and he let me uh you know he let me you know play with my schedule quite a bit. So I uh, I used to watch, you know, WWF. I mean, I used to watch and I made the customers watch, you know, WWF whenever I worked. And uh, <laughs> this, this you know, this guy walked in and he was, you know, he always talked to me about wrestling and, uh, you know, about pro wrestling and all that kind of stuff and always appreciated my, you know, my amateur. I guess he was like some uh, high school wrestler that never really made it to college. So we kind of admired, you know, what I'd done in college and what I was, actually what I was doing in college. And, 
you know, he would always tell me, you know, I want to talk to you when you're done with college. When you're done with the amateur wrestling, I want to talk to you. And I, don't, I, didn't, I never knew what he meant by that, but then when I finally was done, done with, the, uh, with the amateur wrestling, I was still working at the video store, and uh, he told me, he said, yeah, I kind of would like to get you involved in pro wrestling. I think you got the talent. I think you have the right kind of head. You know, you, you know, your head's, you know, screwed on straight, and, you know, now you got your education. You know, I know this place out in Hayward, California, you know, this friend of mine, Roland Alexander, owns it. And uh, I can take you out there. I mean, introduce you to Roland, and, you know, you can decide for yourself. And we, we both took the drive out to uh, Hayward, California. I met Roland and talked to Roland about, you know, when I'd done an amateur, and Roland kind of popped for that. You know, mm-hmm. Roland's always appreciated, like, amateur wrestling and, you know, the you know, really legit stuff. And, uh, you know, we hit it off pretty good. You know, he was like, yeah, you know, you can sign up for this class. And I actually signed up to be in the same class uh, with Donovan Morgan. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Donovan, Donovan oh, yeah. Morgan. And uh, Vicious Vic Grimes. So that was my uh, that was my class. It was the three of us. Vic Shooter, signed up. You, Vic, Vic signed he, up. I think two days before me. What a class! Now, 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 Shooter, you you know that 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 I'm down. I was there in '97. You know, with Gabe and and La Rocca and all those other idiots in the war zone. The, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember, no that, I remember that crowd, man. I remember that crowd. No one. I, I've I've never seen that type of an energy. Um, in what I like to call the summer of love, 97. Um, I, I don't think I'll ever see that again, where the work was awesome, the stories were awesome, the the fans were great, everything clicked. Um, I mean, fuck, Vic Grimes got hit by a car. <laughs> yeah, that was, the, uh, that, was the, that was the three-way, right? Wasn't that a, no, that was the, no. the three-way, or was that just, that was just he and Crash, right? It was him and Crash. It was July 18th, 1997. I'm crash hopped in the car. No, crash hopped in the car and hit him. Hit yeah. him right with the door. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that. crash yeah. crash threw J.R. Benson out of the car, and J.R. had his yeah. pants around his ankles. I remember and, uh, this. And uh, Sin Sin was in the passenger seat. For those that don't know, Sin is Jim Cornette's current wife. So yeah, she was in the passenger seat. Um, yeah, I that's probably she was, a, she, she was a great she was a great connection. You know, you could, you could probably yeah exactly. You can probably tell that story. That's how Crash got in there. Yeah, there you, know, you go. The connection with you know with Finn and Cornette, mm-hmm. you know, got getting J.R. Benson that little that little connection right there. We're all you know very very instrumental in getting Crash and Vic their you know their gigs. You know. So you you broke in in January of '97. Um, yeah, my, my my first pro match was January of '97. I actually trained right. for a little over a year. Before I actually, I was I actually trained longer than a lot of the other guys. I, you know, um, which I'm glad I did. But if you want to know the truth, I think it was you know it was all politics. I think Roland just wanted to actually you know make me wait. You know, because I did you know I did I did things a little different than some of the other guys. And you know, pro wrestling is built on like a reward system. You know, and mm-hmm. when I came in when I came in, you know, I just I kind of had a different you know, kind of like a different um, different lifestyle. You know, I had a job that was very demanding at a you know, I had a you know a family situation that you know I was just taking care of my parents and you know so I just I had a different kind of agenda going on so I just didn't really have the time or the you know the energy to devote you know a lot of the extracurricular activities that you know one would have to do to pay their dues or whatever I just did my best to pay my dues in the ring you know and okay so dues. so okay I'm I'm not going to bring up beyond the mat other than just this um, comment um, what they showed of you in your home life that was a shoot that's pretty much how 
things were for you? That was a shoot. Okay. Shoot now, cool. now, now, you know the the little the little exchange you saw with my mother. You know that was that was all we scripted that for the movie. You know I, I was you know I put on clothes. You know that whole thing was completely staged. But but no, yeah, that was my that was my father. You know my father mm-hmm. passed away a few years ago. You know my mother my mother still you know lives in the same house. You know she lives upstairs. That's a three a three story house we have. Mm-hmm. You know so. So it's a good situation. I take care of her. She's, you know, almost close to, you know, 80 now. Mm-hmm. So um, you you had your you had your uh, your professional debut in January. Um, who was it? Who was it against? Ramon Garcia, also known as Chicano Flame. Yeah, you know Chicano Flame is still doing his thing for Fog City. Yes. It's amazing, you know, that that Baker is still going, you know, and, and, you know, I I can't say a high level because, you know, he wasn't really, you know, an an upper tier type of worker. He was just a solid guy, um, a a solid journeyman, which, you know, there aren't many in the business anymore. Um, Very nice guy, too. Yes. Very nice. Very nice guy. I mean, that's 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 important in this business. You know what I mean? I mean, guys that, you know, are, are. you know, nice to everybody across the board. You can't ever say anything bad about Ramon. I mean, dependable, reliable, you know, willing to give you a shirt off his back, you know, put you over. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know I, I do the same for him in a, in a, in a heartbeat. You know, Chicano Flames, he's definitely, one, he's definitely one of my favorites, and it's a pleasure to see him in Fox City. Now, um, who did the majority of your in-ring training? Matt Heisen. Spike? Spike Dudley. Yeah. Um, I joined the school the one class after Rick Thompson. Rick Thompson was APW's head camp instructor for um for a lot of years. For most, most of the most of the APW years, I guess you know, I guess I think Mike Modest was impartially trained by him. Um, Robert Thompson, you know, Matt Heisen himself. You know, a lot of the guys were trained under Rick Thompson and you know, I really wish I would have, you know, had got got that advantage, you know, some years later I, I was privileged enough to work on the same card with, with Rick Thompson, you know, and then I got a chance to actually be in a battle royal with him about a year ago, and I, that was really cool because I never got a chance to, you know, be trained by him. And, you know, he's a really, really, really nice guy. I respect him a lot, you know. But, yeah, I was trained by uh, by Matt Heisen. You know, Mike Modest kind of got in there a little bit t- during the time that I got to, like, semi-pro. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, you, you, were, you were training – when you were training, it was more of the transitional time – because Spike left for for Philly for ECW, and then they were starting to fill the whole, you know, the role of of head trainer. So you were kind of like in the middle there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <clears throat> now, um, did you did you get in any training ses- sessions with Switch, Manny Fernandez? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, Manny was my uh, Manny was my what was he? Manny was my third pro match. My third my third pro match. I wrestled I wrestled against Ramon. I wrestled against. Um, I believe it was Jason Clay, who was another icon. Great, yeah, Jason, another one. You know, great guy. You know, I, I love him to death as well. You know, I mean, real, real down brothers. You know, put you know, like I said, give you a shirt off their back, put you over in a heartbeat. You know, just real, real solid guys. And then, I, then my third match was uh, Manny Fernandez, and uh, I believe that was Terranova High School. I can remember mm-hmm. that. I think that was Terra, yeah. Terranova High School. I think Manny had the strap. Um, he had beaten um, Robert Thompson for the belt, so I, I think I was right. 
in my third pro match, I was really kind of thrilled to be in a title match, right? <laughs> but, uh, How bad did, did Manny whoop you for that first match? Um, actually, Manny, Manny, um, Manny didn't whoop on me at all. Actually, you know, I, didn't, I, I was expecting him to kind of, you know, get, you know, give the little green boy some shots or, you know, do something. But no, he didn't. He, he was very, very light. Um, I remember myself blowing a couple of spots. Um, you know, just being a little nervous, being a, being green and not knowing how to take a bump properly. Manny called a high vertical suplex, and when I went up, I kind of overextended. And when I landed, Manny was like, "You overextended," and kind of covered me, kind of rough, but didn't didn't stiff me or anything. I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, Manny Manny was nothing but a professional. I was in the I've been in the ring with Manny about four times. Um, mm-hmm. Some years later, a couple of times, once in APW and a couple of times in other promotions. And I mean, not one time has Manny ever been. I mean, we've had some choice words just out of just you know silly moments, but nothing ever unprofessional in the ring ever. That's good. That's good to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've heard things. You know, I've heard things about Manny, and yeah, I mean, we've 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 kind of had like an amateur wrestling rivalry thing. You know, I wrestled, I wrestled a a, um, a nephew of his when I was in high school, and I, I beat the kid. I think the kid was from uh, Lincoln High School, and Manny Manny didn't like that. So kind of, <laughs> so we kind of play. We, we would play with that every now and then. You know, my my cousin's my nephew's better than than you are, and all this other stuff. But I mean, it was always so. Games. So, Shooter, what what high school did you go to? Reardon High School. Excuse me. Archbishop Reardon High School. Oh, okay. right Reardon. Right, yeah, right across the street from City College. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Yeah, okay, I, uh, so, Rob, do you have any uh, questions you want to uh, you want to bring up? And let's let's try to keep things like in order, as far as timelines. So I don't get I, I think I kind of got off subject a little earlier when I started talking about APW, and you kind of changed gears for me. If I do get off subject like that, please, you know, because <laughs> I will, I, I can't go off on a tangent. So you know, direct direct me if you need to. All right. Well, so so we're in we're in January, and and you're working in front of the rabid APW hardcores. Um, then. I, what was what was your first big angle that you were involved in in the Jim Moore show? Hmm. My first one. Hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I'm I'm thinking. Well, I mean, I'm trying. I'm trying to think if I was really involved in anything big until I got with the players, the Westside players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I'm thinking. I mean, because I mean, I, I got with the Westside players probably about maybe seven months into my my pro career, something like that. And when I did that, you know, I think that's when when I won the strap with Jay Smooth. Mm-hmm. I think maybe yeah. somewhere around there, somewhere around there, when we were doing the Westside Player Angle, and I was the Westside Shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, I did wow. I did a little I did a little thing with Vic Grimes at Halloween Hell that Roland kind of pop, pops for even to this day. I don't know if you consider that an angle, but you know, Vic and I used to have a, a little series of matches because of the, uh, you know, the big man against the amateur wrestler kind of a thing. It was kind of that you know that. Van Vader versus Dr. Jeff Steve Williams kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. what I compared that, that series to. Um, I mean, now, I, mean that was, I don't want to put us in that category because those guys are great ones. Well, I'm no, just, I'm just – it's it a good comparison. Like yeah, yeah. Um, now, now, this was Halloween Hell 97. I think so. I think it was 97, yeah. Wait a minute. No. I Was it – Wait, because Vic Vic killed uh, J.R. Benson again on that night. Um, 
seven does seven does sound right to me because by Halloween ninety Halloween ninety eight I think I'd done Beyond the Mat. That's right. Yep, you're right. Well, wait a minute. I, I remember. Yeah, because I remember we shot in uh, in a, what do you call? Uh, we shot in a September of ninety eight. We shot it at the Arco. Right. That's right. I remember. I remember that because I got with this chick. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I, I, I remember it was uh, around that time. Those those two days in September and '98, man, that was just for me. It was it was an amazing time, um, because the the night before you and uh, Mike had the the match for the for the Beyond the Map movie um, in San Jose, Mike took on Donovan in a dark match, right. which right. was just an amazing match. Um, have you seen the match? You, you know, yeah, yeah. Good question. No, I haven't. And I and okay. I, and I, what I'll do, what I, yeah. I've, I've, I uploaded it, so what I'll do is I'll, I'll send you a link and you can download the match and, and you get to see my fat ass at the end of the match. Because th- at that time it, it was DX, you know, I've got two words for you. My fat ass is at ringside while they're taping this, and I'm holding a sign that says two words, sign modest. Sign modest. I think, I think I saw something like that. I think yeah. I remember that sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was a crazy night because uh, Mike hey, you thought of it. You don't got a copy of my match with Mike, do you? From Arco? No, I can't seem to find it. I got one. I got I got it. I got the uh, I got Barry Blaustein's copy. He gave me a copy of a match. Oh, okay. Which is cool, but I, I was I was wondering if there was like a you know a different version floating around someplace. I've never been able to find. Well, it's the the version that he has, or there's a satellite feed, so with the numbers on the bottom. Right, right, right. That's the I have a satellite feed of the modest match, and I also have a satellite feed of the Vic Grimes and Crash ha- or Aaron O'Grady dark match from Davis that got them signed. I was there for that. I was I was there for oh. that. I was I was sitting I was sitting in the audience with uh uh well not in the audience we were in, in the back part um we were in the back part of the audience where uh it was me and Steve Rosano. Do you remember the Gigolo Steve Rosano? Oh yeah, <laughs> Steve Rosano. Yeah. Wow, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. Yeah, right. Hey. Rob, you need to go. You need to go back in my archives, man. I interviewed uh, Rosano a couple times. Oh no way! How about that? <laughs> yeah, you know maybe we'll have Steve on in a couple weeks, just for you. I just, I just, I just talked to Steve a couple of days ago. He's doing pretty good. 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 That's good. Man, that dude's had some fucking issues and a half, man. That's very true. You know. <clears throat> so okay, now we're we're in the middle of, of '97. Um, no one can do any wrong on an APW show. Just everything's clicking, all cylinders, boom, 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 boom. All these great matches that, I mean, there's, there were so many matches that, that, I mean, I can go on a tangent. Okay, and now, around this time, um, who were you working with as far as singles-wise? Were, were you still in the lower lower card with uh, Jason Clay and uh, uh, that skinny dude, Turner? Rick Turner. Rick Turner. Um, hmm. Where was I? Because if I, I remember I right, he was. I was somewhere in the mid range. I was like somewhere yeah, in the mid card. Yeah, yeah kind of like the mid card range. Um, yeah, we we had, we had like our lower tier guys, and then and Rick Turner kind of moved up to I guess what you consider mid card or main event because we you know we ended up getting the straps. I guess that's, right. that's considered main event. It's all it's all relative anyway. But um, uh. Yeah, I guess it was like mid card or whatever. Um, yeah, and I was in um, I was in different matches. I had matches with Mike uh, uh, Mike Diamond or Max Justice. 
Uh, had a bunch of matches with uh, with Vic Grimes. I had a couple of matches with Crash. Um, a couple of match, matches with Modest. You know, so I mean, it's kind of hard to say exactly where I ranked, but I, I don't think I would consider myself myself like a main event wrestler until I got the strap. Right. Now, now when you right, exactly when when I say at that time a quote unquote main event was the one the main program. It's not you know I mean everybody was pretty much on the same level. It was just you know you were in the main program because I I didn't want to I don't want to call anybody you know an opening match guy a main event guy because to be honest, Tony, every guy that's and girl that stepped foot in that fucking ring in 97 was a main eventer as far as I was concerned. Right. I mean, just the, the I mean, the, the audience can, can listen to me ramble and they, they just, you can't understand just because it was such a sweet time. You know, I mean, just for the business. It was a sweet time. It was, I, was, I was just about to say that. I mean, it was just not just APW. I mean, the business was on fire, man. You got to remember that. Was like NWO. NWA, yeah, NWO, NWO Stone Cold, yeah, DX. Oh, I mean, God. I know it's a bigger charity ride, doesn't it? Oh fuck! That was just a <laughs> hot time, especially here in the Bay Area, man. We were getting, we got Super Bowl, we got coming, Royal Rumble. Remember how they were coming to the Cow Palace? Remember how they were coming to the Cow Palace? There you go, Super Bowl every year, and then they went to Oakland. Yep. No, that was a hot. That was a hot time, man. Ooh, was booming. It was booming. So, whose idea was it to turn you heel and have you join the players? That was Roland. R- Roland, Roland really came up, you know, with most most of the booking for me. You know, as far as like the angles and all that, the West Side Shooter, and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, that was that was that was Roland's idea. Um, what happened, I think, was that uh, uh, Jay Smooth and I, you know, just you know, kind of like became friends. Um, I forget exactly how it went down, but I think Jay Jay missed a little bit of training, or or no, he left he left APW for a little while. So when he came back, he 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 wanted to kind of like fine tune himself. So he went into the semi pro class, and I was in the semi pro for the first time, and we got a chance to kind of like roll around a little bit, and you know, then we just became like you know kind of like friends, and we would uh we would uh train together, you know, go to the gym, work out, and all that kind of stuff. And then when Roland found out that we were like friends, he was like, okay, why don't I just put Tony with the West Side players, it'd be believable since, you know, I, 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 got, I give Roland a lot of credit because Roland, Roland really does know the business. I mean, solid, better than, you know, probably anybody I've really met in the business. I mean, he does as far as the old school psychology, as far as what clicks, you know, Roland has all that, you know, that stuff together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Roland, Roland said, you know, looking at these guys and their friends in real life, it'll come off like they're friends in the ring. So he decided to just put us together and put, you know, and Kwame Kamozi, who was, you know, the mouthpiece. What um, a talker Kwame was. Yeah, yeah, you know. Talking was, was great. You know, and, uh, you know, which we're still friends. You know, it's so funny. We just had, we just did a three-way conversation about two weeks ago, and it was the first time that Kwame, Jay, Jay Smooth, and myself have all been on the phone at the same time. And we were just kind of, like, talking about what everybody's doing right now and, you know, that kind of stuff and talking about how it was cool back in the day, just like now. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah. Yeah, I think that was that was all Roland's idea to put it together because he saw that we were friends out of the ring. He figured it would it would be genuine in the ring, and you know, plus you know, you, we we Jay and I were living like kind of like you know somewhat of a player lifestyle. You know, we had like the beat in the car, and you know, we you know, and the way we dressed, and you know, which just you know, and the music we listened to and everything. I mean, we 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 I guess we were kind of like the players, you know. So it kind of clicked. So so I gotta ask this, okay. We always hear that, you know, these real-life feuds, they usually come out in the ring and they really lead to good matches. Now, 
this does this actually help uh, on the opposite if you're a good friend? I think so. I think so. I mean, if you guys if you guys are generally like like Jay Smooth and I, we were uh, we were the tag team champions, and um, we did a show. We did a show down in Bakersfield, or it was kind of like a little far a far ways away. And Jay and I both, you know, we Jay worked at a hospital, and I worked at Visa at the time. And we both had these, you know, these kind of like these demanding schedules, and we couldn't take the road trip down like everybody else because, you know, a lot of the other guys, you know, they had, you know, for, they were fortunate enough to have the type of jobs that they could, uh, you know, they could play with their schedules like that, but I couldn't get the time off. So what Jay and I decided to do was catch a flight down because he knew, he knew somebody who could get us a cheap flight. So we flew down, and everybody just started, you know, really branding us. Oh, look at them. They're the players. They flew down, you know. I guess they think they're, you know. They're this and they're that, but it was really only because of our jobs that we, you know, we were stuck. We couldn't come down like everybody else. We would have loved to come down with all the boys, you know. Any other questions, Rob? Uh, I have a question once we get later in the timeline, but uh, I, I, I kind of wanted to know, in your early years, um, now you mentioned you got to fight Manny Fernandez. Was there any other wrestlers you fought with, maybe some legends who were able to, mold your career and, uh, you know, give you some advice in the ring and be able to help you out. Yeah, I got in there with uh, uh, Sam Fatu, the Tonga kid. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, well, you got to tell me, what is he like? I, I forgot where Sam Sammy's was. awesome, man. I love Sammy. Yeah. No, Sam was cool. I got a chance. I worked with Sam a few times, actually. And Sam booked me, uh, Sam booked me, I think, probably two other times. Um, well, I want to jump ahead. Um, what, what we did was, I think it was probably my fourth pro match or something. I was really green at that time. And I really thought, you know, because Roland was pushing me, you know, I mean, I, I won my debut and then I, I won the next match. And then even when I worked against Manny and it was a title match, I think I, I think Manny got DQ'd or something. So I was like, Roland wouldn't, you know, Roland wouldn't uh, make me do the job. And I was like, he put me in there with Sam Tattoo. I'm like, okay, I'm doing the job, of course, you know. It's like, I'm ready, you know, I'm ready to do the job, you know what I mean? And, uh, and uh, Roland was like, yeah, you're going over. I'm like, I'm going over. And I said, on, on the Tonga Kid, I said, I used to watch him, you know, when I was, you know, when I was watching wrestling, you know, on, on television. And I said, uh, I said, you really want me to go over? I said, I don't feel comfortable doing this. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think he's going to be upset. And Roland said, you know, that's, that's what we're paying him to do. We're paying him to just, you know, do as he's told. And that's the business, Tony. And if you're told to do a job, and he kind of, you know, told me all that. So I said, okay. So I told Sam, I said, whatever you want to do tonight. And Sam said, oh, it's whatever you want to do. He said, I've been doing this for a long time, so it's whatever you want to do. So, I mean, he was really, really cool, you know. Right. So um, the finish, uh, somebody, you know, they, I think it was Roland. Somebody wanted me to get over the shooter character. You know, he said, I want everybody to know, you know, that you're, that you're legit. So I want you to, um, you know, do something to beat him that's, like, amateur-like, you know. And I said, okay, what about, like, a, a belly-to-belly or something? He goes, if you, if you, think, he, you, know, you think you can throw him, go ahead. And I said, well, in, in college, I've thrown guys that were, like, over 300 pounds. I said, I can probably get him over. I said, I can probably get him over. You know, if he jumps a little bit, I can probably get him over, you know. And uh, I asked, I asked uh, Sam if it was okay, and we called a spot in the match where he was distracted, and when he turned around, he walked into the belly-to-belly, got him right over. I mean, it was, it was a very it was clean, and, I mean, he was a nice guy. I mean, you know, Sam, after that, um, we worked a show. About maybe four months later, the ropes, the ropes broke. Oh, no. Um, yeah, um, I forget where the show was. He threw me, he threw me off, and when he threw me off, I hit the ropes, and the top and the second rope broke, and Ooh. I went right over, and I went right over backwards, 
and I remember when I when I went over <clears throat> when I went over, I just, I just didn't know how I was going to land. I ended up on my feet, and I was kind of like in shock for a second. Before I knew what happened, Sam had hit me from behind, threw <laughs> me back into the ring, threw me back into the ring, told me to take over. When I took over, I'm just like stomp. You know, the ring's just broken, so I'm stomping him. I'm just stomping him, and he's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "What are you doing?" He goes, "Take the ropes and choke me." He goes, "You use the ropes." And that's when I started learning more about the business. And, you know, you talked to me about somebody giving me advice. That was giving you advice, you know. Sam was telling me right there, you know, it's like improvise. You know what I mean? Just pick up the, you know, if something breaks, you, you use it. You know what I mean? So I just grabbed the, I grabbed the ropes, started choking them with the ropes, you know. And when I saw the guys were up getting ready to put the ring back together again, I dropped the ropes and went back outside the ring. And, you know, he taught me how to work, you know. Right. I, I mean, you know, there's really no, no one, not a lot of people that are better to learn from because at one time, I mean, he was looked at as main event material and, you know, his whole run with the Islanders was just awesome. And, oh, yeah. Especially the oh, heel yeah. run. The heel run was awesome when they were doing their thing with the Bulldogs. That was the shit. But, um, yeah, and his superfly leap was just off the hook, too. The way mm-hmm. he would, the, the way he, you know, I mean, next to Jimmy. I mean, he was, you know. There you go. But, but, um, well, um, another, I did another show with him. I just wanted to speak, speak about this one because you probably sure. see it. But over in the Crocker Park, right over Crocker Park, there was a big Samoan festival, and they mm-hmm. brought in um, uh, uh, Rosie. I think Rikishi was there. Sam was putting it all together. I worked Sam in the main event. But it was over at Crocker Park, just right across the street from uh, Temple. Cow Palace. Yeah, yeah, right. It was, a, it was really, really cool because it was right around the corner from my house. I thought that was, that mm-hmm. was a real big thrill for me, so. I just wanted to throw that in there. Mm-hmm. Well, now <clears throat> we're we're talking about '97 in in APW. Um, I need one good boom boom Kamini story. <laughs> um, in the ring or out of the ring? Out of the ring. <clears throat> like a story I've heard, or just something that happened to me directly? You directly. Um. My first interaction with Boom Kamini was um, my girlfriend, my girlfriend who's actually, uh, you know, the mother of my kids, and, you know, she's here now. So, you know, we're, we're just, we have a wonderful relationship, and, I mean, this is 15 years ago, and she was my girlfriend at the time. And Boom Boom, I guess, I don't know if Boom Boom was trying to just provoke me or what, but I was, I was breaking down the ring, you know, because, you, know, you know, I was a rookie, and <clears throat> I was... Yeah. You know, break, you know, we put up the ring and we break down the ring, right? So it's at the end of the show and I'm breaking down the ring. And I'm breaking down the ring and Boom Boom walks over to my girlfriend and is like sitting with her. He starts putting his arm around her and he's just kind of like trying to edge me on a little bit. And uh, and I look at Boom Boom and I say, you know, get away from her. And when I say get away from her, Roland's like, Tony, the work is over here. You know, do the work. And I'm like, you know, Boom Boom's going to get me in trouble here. So, so I'm sitting here and I'm still doing the ring. And as I'm doing the ring, Boom Boom goes, hey, Tony, hey, Tony. And I look over, and he starts doing this little gesture like he's, like, sticking his tongue in her ear. And I look, o- and I look, over, at- and I look over at her, and I look over at her, and she's kind of, like, trying to scoot, a- you know, scoot away from him. And as I walk over, Roland's like, Tony, back over here. And Boom Boom laughs and walks away. So I, uh, I confronted Boom Boom at the hotel <laughs> at the end of the show, and I told him, I said, uh, I'm going to introduce myself. I said, I'm Tony Jones. I'm one of the new beginners. And I said, if you ever come, you know, next to my, I forgot what I said to him, but it was something to the effect of, like, if you ever come to my girlfriend again, I'm going to do this to you or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, Boom Boom laughed. He laughed. And, 
after that, he came to me about a week later and told me he was just playing around, and that's who he is. He's a clown. That's how he is. And he is. It was funny. Yeah, and that's and I didn't know who he was, and I, you know, I, right. you know, that 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 is who he is, you know. But at the time, you know, I didn't like the fact that he was kind of provoking me. He didn't know me, you know, and and I, and I didn't know him, you know what I mean. So I guess that's his way of getting to know somebody, you know. But uh, what I thought was funny was that everybody, all the pros. I remember Mike Modest. First thing Mike Modest ever said to me was, uh, "So you're the guy that uh, you're the guy that got in Boom Boom's face, huh?" <laughs> I remember that. That was the first time I met Mike Modest. And I remember Mike Diamond and all the big Joe Applebomber, Pogo the Clown, Ugh, everybody. Pogo. Yeah. <laughs> all, Monster. Yeah. That's another story. <laughs> Go yeah, ahead, Rob. You have the office. That's my little boom-boom story there. You have the office, Rob. Oh, I think, <laughs> I, I, I think I'm pretty good. But which, which year are we going to now? You know what? Let's just uh, let's go anywhere. All right, I, I've been dying to ask this one. You you got to talk about that awards. You you have to talk about this. Talk about who? That awards. Oh, Battle Arts. Um, yeah. What do you, what like? What do you want to know about Battle Arts? Uh just what what did you think of your time there and the you know the very stiff style they use and. Um. Let me see. The second tour, <clears throat> the second tour that I did, there's a lot more to talk about. The first tour was, um, well, first, okay, well, it would have been a lot harder than it was if my mother wasn't Japanese. And, you know, I'd been to Japan every other year of my life, so I was kind of familiar with, with the country. I was familiar with, you know, some, some, not, I can't really speak the language, but I'm kind of familiar with it. So, you know, thank goodness for that, because when I, uh, when I showed up, I called the number that they told me to call once I land, and when I called that number, they, they, they misinterpreted the time or they did something wrong, and I landed the same night that they had a show. Oh, no. So, so nobody was there to pick me up or to tell me what to do or where to go or anything. So what they told me was, get to Kushigaya, and that's it, get to Kushigaya. So, um, so with three suitcases, you know, and around something like 9 or 10 o'clock at night in a foreign country, I'm trying to find out where Koshigaya is, and I'm hopping on a train. So fortunately, I kept asking Koshigaya, Koshigaya, Koshigaya. People pointed me in the right direction. Koshigaya is where their um, battle art dojos are mm -hmm. or were. Um, so what we did was uh, – what I did was I uh, I hopped on the, the train, finally got my got myself to Koshigaya, and uh, when I got there, there was a, a ring boy waiting for me out of McDonald's. And walked, yeah, I remember this. I remember this, man. <laughs> and, he, and he walked me over to the, uh, to what looked like, you know, just a karate dojo. You know what I mean? It looked just like, yeah. like one of the United States karate dojos that you would see anywhere. And uh, just walked me in there, and you walk into, you know, you walk past one room, and you get into the other room, there's a big wrestling ring, and right along the walls are dorms. And I kind of knew you know, how the setup was and everything, because Chris, Christopher Daniels had done a tour before me, and uh, he kind of told me, you know, what to expect and how the whole setup was and everything. So, you know, then I checked into the, uh, to the dorm, and I stayed there. I think it was like a four-week tour, and I, I did like four or five matches. A lot of the time that I was there, I just did a lot of, um, I just did a lot of training. I did some, you know, just I rolled around with a couple of the guys. Um, Carl Malenko was out there. He, he did a little bit of pride 
fought against right, Vanderlei yeah. Silva. Yeah, he fought against Vanderlei Silva. Carl Greco. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that, no, is it called Greco? Yeah, that's yeah. the name. Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so uh, he, um, he, he and I became friends, you know, being the only, like, you know, Americans, you know, and everybody right. else was, is Jap- it was Japanese, you know, we'd go out, you know, go get something to eat, just go shopping or, you know, go look for stuff. You know, we both had family in the United States and, you know, send them stuff, so we'd do stuff like that. So, you know, we we became friends and, you know, and then we started talking about the uh, the amateur wrestling and stuff. And he didn't he didn't uh, he didn't have much of a ground ground background. You know, he was more of a submissions guy and more of a stand up guy. And you know, I don't know much much about the stand ups. You know, as much as you know as, as you know some of these other guys. So I told him, let's let's do some stand ups. You can teach me some things. We'll do some ground. I'll teach you some things. So they actually got me to start teaching the class. You know, in a in battle arts. Which I thought was really cool, man. That was that was yeah, a very that, no, that was a very cool thing. Um, what they did was uh, uh, Yuji Shimada, who's the referee for Pride. Yeah, for Pride. Uh, yeah, the referee, the guy that's always wearing like the the the, the head cam. Yeah. You know, he wears the head cam usually a lot of times. He um he was the booker. He was a promoter. He was pretty much my contact guy. He could speak a little bit of English, so he would always you know communicate to me or. You know, he would say, Tony, you're going to, you know, train these guys at 9 o'clock or whatever. And it was it was a real thrill because I remember coming out of the locker room and I had something like, I don't know, maybe 15 or 20, you know, kids that were just, you know, I don't know, kids and some adults, you know, just sitting there waiting waiting to learn some amateur wrestling, you know. And I had a, I had an itinerary put together. I taught them single legs. I taught them double legs, you know, takedowns. I taught them fireman carry. I taught them how to sprawl, um, simple, you know, switches fireman care, you know, and I'm not fireman, um, switches and just, you know, just reverse takedowns, just little, little simple things. And I mean, they got a big thrill out of it. I, t- I taught them for most of the time I was out there. So that's, that's mainly what I did on my first trip. I mainly was training and I had like four matches. As far as the stiff style, um, they stuck me in there with the, with the, uh, I can't remember the, the, the gentleman's name and he was a, re- he was a real gentleman, <clears throat> is the, uh, the owner of the company. Oh, it's Chicago. Yes. It's Chicago. Yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, he um, they put me in there with him, um, my first match, and it was a tag match with uh, Mohamed Yoni. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, Mohamed. He also he he did some stuff with uh, Noah. Yeah. So, um, are you still there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No more Afro though. Oh, we got rid of the Afro, huh? Yeah, that sucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was a cool gimmick for him. Mm-hmm. But um. He was a real nice guy. He was a real nice guy. He popped for the uh, he popped for the Ready or Not music that I, which I thought was kind of cool because he looked like he kind of you know he kind of followed his gimmick a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? When I, because when I met him, I was kind of like, okay, this, this guy looks like he's a he's a Japanese guy with a little bit of soul or something, you know? So like when when we met, he was kind of like Tony, I like your theme music, Ready or Not. He goes, that's Lauren Hill, right? And I said, yeah. I said that's the Fugees. And he was like, oh, I like that song a lot. And we became you know we became friends, you know. And he was my first pro match. He, he and the um, owner of the company um, against myself and this young kid, who I think it was like his second or third pro match. And it was it was pretty stiff. The kicks were pretty stiff. They told me that they were going to lay him in there, you know, and that that was fine. You know, it was nothing. It was nothing I wasn't prepared for. Yeah, I I, I got to go to one of their women's shows, and I've never seen anything quite as stiff as that. They're <laughs> they're on a whole nother level. I can't remember what, which, which 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 tour it was, um, which tour it was, and which match it was. I just I don't remember, but um, I took a shot from uh, Mohammed Yone. We did a little, we did a three series spot, 
where he hits me with a kick, you know, these, these solid, you know, uh, real stiff thrust kicks to the side. And he hits you low, one, one somewhere around like the thigh. And he hits you with another one around the hip. And then he throws another one somewhere up, up near like the shoulder, collarbone area. Well, in the, in the spot. <clears throat> in the spot on the third kick, um, I, catch, I catch his leg and I throw him with an overhead, overhead suplex, almost like a, like a cradle. Like a cradle suplex, almost like, you know, where I throw him overhead. Yeah, well, the capture one. Yeah, the capture, capture one. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, uh, so when he threw the first kick, you know, he caught me low. Second kick, he caught me in the ribs. I mean, I'm sorry, not the ribs, the, uh, the hip. And on the third kick, he threw it, and he caught me in the collarbone, and I remember he buckled my legs. And when he buckled my legs, um, I was supposed to catch it. But he hit me so hard that it just knocked me completely, you know, silly. So I grabbed the ropes. When I grabbed the ropes, I'm looking at his eyes, and when I'm looking at his eyes, he just knew to throw another one. So when he threw another, when he threw another one, I caught it, and we did the spot. But I remember taking that third. I remember taking that third one, and I remember taking that 13-hour flight home, brother. And I never <laughs> felt so much pain. I never remember. I, I never remember feeling so much pain, in just you know, 13 hours on the way home, and I had a bruised collarbone when I went and saw the doctor. And that was uh, that was a, that that hurt. He caught me hard with that one. And I get and I get to ask one more about awards. Keep but going. You got to tell us about Asuka because he, he seems like a very interesting character. Who's this? Who's this? Uh, Asuka. Asuka. Alexander the uh, the diet butcher. Oh yeah. Right? Oh yeah. You know. You know what? Um, <clears throat> when I went out there, he was kind of a. Oh, what's the word? He wasn't really doing much with Battle Arts at, at the time. He was kind of doing some more pride stuff. Because when I went, when I went to Battle Arts um, uh, the first time, he was kind of like, I think he was like in between that, it was that Ken Shamrock fight that he had. Remember that Ken Shamrock fight he had? Mm-hmm. Alexander Otsuka, when he had that Ken Shamrock fight. Because he did, he did the show with us, but he, I don't know. I guess he was kind of like, I guess you want to call him a superstar? I don't know. He didn't really travel with all the rest of us. You know, and I didn't really see him hardly at all. You know, I mean, he didn't really train at the gym with any of the boys. Um, yeah, I didn't really, I mean, I, I spoke to him a few times, but I didn't really get the, I got the impression when I was there that he was a he was a pro wrestler that was almost like trying to make the transition into MMA and he was just trying to give it up or, you know, or trying to use it as a platform or something. But I, I didn't really look at him like all the other boys. It looked like he had, he had already started to transition into some, you know, I mean, not in any sort of disrespectful way. It just seemed like he was yeah, almost yeah. like bigger, bigger than what, you know, than what, what was going on in Battle Arts. It seemed like he had other things going on. Any guy that, you know, wrestles in uh, thongs and uh, and uh, pink uh, singlets, you, you know, I just yeah. assumed had to be a character. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know, I did actually did a little amateur with him, though. I did do, I did do a little amateur with him. I was surprised at how, um, how weak these guys were, you know, on the ground. I was actually, you sure. know, I, would, I wouldn't touch him on the, on the feet. I wouldn't touch him on the feet, you know, but I was – I was surprised at how, how how weak they were on the ground. Okay, guys, um, right. we're gonna have to take a quick commercial break. Um, it's part of the rules, Rob. You know, I have to play it because you know Stevie J is the boss and he hosts us. So uh, we'll be right back after this quick commercial break. Pro wrestling got you down? Need something to lift your spirits? Listen to the podcast at AngryMarks.com. If wrestling gets you all hot and bothered, we've got what you need. Visit AngryMarks.com or subscribe for free on iTunes. 
TheAngryMarks.com podcast, where the marks is nothing but satisfaction. Okay, that was quick. All right, um, as you were, Rob. Okay, I had uh, one more question that was uh, amateur wrestling related, actually. I-, I wanted to know, have you ever successfully hit the Corellans lift on uh, someone in a match? Have I ever done what? Hit Corellans lift, you know, the gut wrench over the over the in back. An am- in, an, in an amateur, oh, like just the gut wrench salto? No, no, not an amateur. Not an amateur. Not an amateur. <laughs> it's too hard to get somebody in that position. Yeah, I mean, just, just I, to do, you know, to do it, just a gut wrench, you know, from a, from a, I, cause I remember Corellan hitting, hitting that on Gafari. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that was. Yeah, that I remember was that. That was just insane. Now, I was in, I was in college, <clears throat> I was in college. Uh, I think I was a junior when Corellan had done that, and I saw the uh, newspaper article when he had thrown Gafari, and uh, yeah, and I've never done anything like that. I mean, I've done it. I've done it in pro wrestling. I've thrown that into my match, you know, where a guy, we, maybe we've done a little amateur spot or something, and I'll just do a gut wrench salto and I'll throw him. But, you know, that's a little bit of help. I, I, I've never done nothing like that in an amateur match. Gotcha. I, I, I think uh, that, that uh, when Corellan threw him, that was probably my favorite suplex next to, uh, the, I don't know if you ever saw it, but uh, when the great Wojo, he, uh, he what did he do? He, he bellied-to-bellied Chris Taylor in, like, the 1972 Olympics, I think, and, this guy was about 175 pounds, <laughs> and he, he, he took Taylor on right over his head. What's this? Didn't he break his neck on that? I don't know. Did he? I heard he broke his neck on that. I heard he got wow. him over, though. I heard he, he got oh, him. Oh yeah. I heard, I heard he got him over. He, you know, he threw him. He threw Chris Taylor, and it was it was an unbelievable thing. But I heard when he landed, he broke his neck because he arched. He arched so hard to get Chris Taylor over that when he landed, the momentum, he broke his neck. Ooh. Oh yeah. If you get a chance, that one's on YouTube somewhere. It's it's amazing. It's yeah, yes, it's, it's, yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> There's a picture of it out there too. Mm-hmm. One of the classics. One of the classics. Yeah. So Tony, Tony, have you been contacted uh, recently or within the last couple of years to go on a, another tour of Japan for any other companies? No, no, no. I'm not, and I, I've never even like really even even look for it. You know, I never even tried to put myself out there or anything like that. You know, um, I did, uh, I did like what, I guess what you would call a tryout with Noah back when it was, uh, when it was Mike Modest. Um, right. Mike Modest. Yeah, the tryout. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. one. When it was, you know, oh. that, that, I, did, I did that one, but that was it. You know, that was the last now, time I did um, anything related to Japan. Now, as uh, you're, we are talking about, that's the infamous tryout out here in Hayward um, where, Donovan got his job, Mike got his job, Bison got his job, and Jari got the one shot that he fucked up. Um, now, there yeah, was yeah, another guy. I don't, I don't even know what happened with that situation. Do you remember what happened there? I, I, he, I, just, I, he just didn't click. He, didn't, uh, he couldn't keep up with them. The, the, the uh, Japanese juniors were just too, they were way ahead of him, and, and Jardy tends to, I, I don't like to bag on people's work, but he tends to be sloppy sometimes. Okay. And so it wasn't nothing, when, it wasn't nothing like in the locker room. It was more like hey, No, 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 no. No, and and when with with Jardy, he's reckless and he slips and he gets concussions easily. And you can tell he's kind of punch drunk. You know, it's yeah. really sad. Yeah. You know. But um now back to that tryout. Uh there was another uh freak of nature there. Uh Dalek Singh 
also known as the Great Kali. Now tell me, have you ever seen a motherfucker that big? No, it was pretty freakish because at the time, um, at the time I think I was around 265, 270 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was, I was pretty big myself. You know, right now I'm about, you know, 230, 235. And I... I'm, I I feel so much better than I did it that way. I, I feel like I look better. You know, I'm, I'm more proportioned. And, you know, when I was walking around with that weight, you know, I, I felt, you know, my joints hurt more. So, but, I mean, at the time I was like, you know, I'm trying to be, you know, as big as a house and everything, so I'm like 270. And I felt big, and I just remember, you know, I just remember Dalip just putting his hand on my shoulder talking about, hi, Tony. And I remember just feeling like, ah, I mean, I feel like I'm a midget. I mean, he's, he's really, I mean, he's a giant. I mean, it, his hand, I mean, it was just, his hand is so big. I mean, you know, his first, his first pro match was in a, um, was in a tag with me. And it was, uh, it was Dalip and me, which was actually kind of cool because it happened to San Francisco State. I helped get the booking for San Francisco State through my, uh, through my wrestling coach, my San Francisco State wrestling coach. He kind of worked with Roland to get the whole thing going. Um, but yeah, Dalip and myself worked against, uh, uh, Westside Player 2000, Robert Thompson and Boyce LeGrum. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, he's a he's a giant. I think there's a picture out there someplace. Uh, I saw it. I got it. I got it somewhere. But there's a picture of uh, Dalip standing right next to me. And I mean, I I never feel like small in the ring, but I mean, I felt small, you know, next to him. Now, now how do you, how do you wrestle a guy like that? It, you know, I mean, it's got to be hard. You know, just lifting him up for anything, or you know, just trying to do anything with him. You don't really lift him up, you know. Right, right. <laughs> so you know you don't really you don't really you don't really you don't really put a match together lifting him up, you know. Right. You oh know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You have to find ways to you know try to you know take his knees out or get him down get him down to when he's on all fours. Now you just start chopping him and you know kicking him and you know that you have to do stuff like that with him. I mean, if you wrestle if you wrestle Dalit, you're gonna be taking the bumps pretty much. You know. He's no shit. It's an <laughs> Right. Yeah, because I mean, what can you do with the guy? You can't hit him because he's too high up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's got to be tough. But yeah, that, that's, that that makes a lot very, of sense. Very nice guy, though. Very nice guy. You know, I I went to a, I did a, I did WWF or WWE, sorry WWE um, about a year and a half ago. Uh, they put me in there with Eugene, and we had a really we had a, what I thought was a really good match. It was you know, it was, it was what show it was, was it on, Tony? Um, I think they put that on Heat. It's, you know what? I think it's still on the internet. I think it's still on the internet. It's on the Sunday. If you go to like WWE.com, if you go to WWE.com and you go to uh, like the Sunday Night Heat section or whatever, it's it's still there. I think it's in March of 2007 or something like that. It's still there. It's just Tony Jones versus Eugene or whatever it is. But um, I had a friend of mine actually tell me that they saw it uh, not too long ago, and I said, "Where'd you see it?" They said on the WWE website. I'm like, after after two years, they still got it up. You know, still got the archives, huh? So. That was kind of cool. But, uh, I saw Delete there, and he was like, you know, he screamed at me across the across the, uh, the arena. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Man, freakishly strong, man. That guy is just insane. Imagine if he could just learn to work a bit, just a yeah. bit. It'd yeah. Yeah. You know, be passable. But I don't know. It's just, just. I mean, him. You know, Delete just standing there. I mean that's that's an impressive thing right there. Just him standing mm-hmm. there is just impressive. Exactly. Any more questions, Rob? Uh, what, what do you what do you think of uh, his run in WWE so far? Do you, do you think they've gotten the most out of him that they could, or? Mm. 
I think so. I mean, I don't think – I think just for the amount of time that, you know, Delete has had in the business, you know, I mean, he just – he hasn't he hasn't really – uh. He hasn't really been in the business that long, and he hasn't—he doesn't have that many matches under his belt. And you know, a lot of the guys that they got in WWE, that you know, since you know, Delete is so damn big and strong, you know, they don't want a lot of the guys to get hurt. You know what I mean? So I think they're booking them in very careful matches. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just just so guys don't get hurt, you know, by this freakishly strong man. And they're just trying to get the most out of him without killing him. You know, without killing his whole gimmick or his whole persona, or whatever. So, you know, I think I think he had a good run with The Undertaker, you know, mm-hmm. and I think, uh, I think yeah, I think they've done, you know, I think that whole him kissing or being some sort of, you know, romantic or something, I think that's a little silly, but, I mean, yeah, they're doing what they can with him. And I also wanted to know, do you have any memories about XPW? Because I saw that you worked a few shows there. And I have good everybody... memories of XPW. I have, good, really? I have good memories. I have good memories of XPW. I really do, because um, – you know what? What that was a that was a that was an exciting time for me during during that time of my life. Um, and if I get off subject here, you know, please stop me because this this one's a little this one's a little tricky because of a. Uh, I did UPW and I did XPW at the same time. Um, I got I got called by uh, Howard Finkel to tell me that Bruce Pritchard was going to call me really soon, and that you know that he wanted to talk to me about some booking or whatever, and they wanted me to come up to Canada for this booking. So the next day I got I got a phone call from Bruce Pritchard. Now, this is the first time WWE has ever called me. So I'm really excited. He told me he wants to bring me to Canada, give me a look. This is because, you know, this is after Beyond the Mat. So now they're actually calling me, okay? So I'm excited. <clears throat> he wants to bring me to Canada. And uh, then he calls me back, to, you know, because they were going to call me about some flight information and everything. He calls me back and tells me, if you can go down to L.A. and uh, work for Rick Bassman, you know, we'd really like to take a look at you. We're going to go down there. Triple H is going to go down there. Jim Ross is going to go down there. You know, we want to take a look at you. I said, okay, cool. Well, uh, um, I called Rick Bassman up. Rick Bassman told me he already had me booked. And, you know, just come on down, and, you know, we're going to, we're going to put you to work. We're going to put you in there with uh, Prototype, which is John Cena. Yeah. And so I worked, I, worked, uh, I worked three matches for UPW. I worked two with Mike Bell. You know, he just passed away not too long ago. Mad Dog Mike Bell from – from the movie uh, Bigger, Bigger, Stronger, Faster. Mm-hmm. He was he was my uh, he was my first match in UPW, and uh, he was my first and second match. Um, he did a job for me in front of Jim Ross, Bruce Pritchard, and everybody. Which you know, he's a great guy. I mean, just I remember him. He said, what can I do? What can I do to put you over? I mean, he was a, I mean Mike Bell, man. He was a really, really, really cool guy to me. Nice guy to me. And the next night we did another show in San Diego, and. Uh, I said, you know, I told Rick Bassett, what do you want tonight? And he said, well, you know, he did you a favor last night. I think you should do him a favor. I said, no, that makes a lot of sense, you know. So I, I put him over I put him over that night. And uh, the night after that, um, I worked John Cena. When did you have the six-man tag, North versus South? That that was a little bit further down the line. I think that was about a year after I was doing UPW. But back, back that was a That was a really good match. So, I liked it. Oh, we had a couple. Which one? Are you talking about the one with Chris Daniels and uh, and Suicide Kid? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we had we had a couple. I think we had that one. We also had another one with Frankie Kazarian was involved. I don't it remember. Was like, it was you. It was you, Donovan, and Mike. And again. Yeah. We had we had two. Suicide was Kid. It was right. Mikey Henderson, uh, Daniels, and uh, Tom I think Howard. It might be Tom Howard. Tom That's Howard. it. Tom Howard. 
And then I think, then we had another one and it was uh, Mike Modest, myself, and this was the first one. And it was Mike Modest, myself, uh, Donovan Morgan against uh, Smooth Billy D. Okay. Um, Frank, Frankie Kazarian. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the other guy right now. Smelly, maybe? No, I don't think it was Smelly. No, yeah. it wasn't Smelly. There was another guy, but it was Smooth Billy D. And that set up, we, we, we beat them. I can't, I can't, I, it might have been Mike Knox. Yes, it was Mike Knox. I think it might have been Mike Knox. Yeah, yeah, it was Mike Knox. Yeah. I, um, yeah. I remember seeing, I remember seeing tape that you and Knox next to each other. Right. Right. I think it was Mike Knox. So it was, uh, that was the first match we went over. The Northern guys went over. So that set up, that set up the big match. And I think that's when Roland and got got involved with Rick Bassman, and we did that whole thing with. And then we got the main event guys, where it was like, you know, the main event match, where it was like Chris Daniels, you know, Suicide Kid, and Tom Howard against Mike Modest, Tony Jones, and Donovan Morgan. Roland was in our corner, Rick Bassman in their corner. Yeah, it was it was a hot match. Well, that was that. Let me just finish that one thing I wanted to say. Yeah, yeah. I did this at the same time as I did the XPW match, because that's, we that's what we were talking about originally, is that I did the XPW stuff. They put me in there with Tracy Smothers, and I had a great time because Tracy was a really classy guy, and he was solid, you know. You know, that, that six-man match, um, the, the, the climax of the battle, um, th- at that time, um, at that time period in California, that was a quote-unquote all-star match because the six of you were the cream of the crop, Northern California and Southern California. And I think, I think it meant more to the fans, you know, of, of you know, SoCal and NorCal fans as opposed to Bassman and management because they didn't do anything after. But, I mean, I, you know, we, we felt a certain amount of pride with you guys going down there and, and handing it to them. You know, let me let me let me let me say something. Let me just say something. And, 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 and I'm not. This is not like I'm trying to, you know, pro Roland or push Roland in any way. But I was really, I was really, um, I was really pleased to see how Roland acted um, mm-hmm. when we went to the when we went to UPW. <clears throat> we went to UPW because um, you know Roland's running his own show, and you know APW at the time. You know, we was really gaining some steam, and I mean, we were known, and you know, Beyond the Mat had already come out, and you know, Roland was really, you know, running his own thing. And we went down to uh, UPW, and I remember sitting in the booking room, and it was myself, Mike Modest, Donovan Morgan, Roland, Rick Bassman, Daniels. I think it was just just the guys involved in the match, and and you know Bassman and Roland. And I remember just Bassman telling Roland what he wanted to see and what he wanted done. I mean, he was professional about it, you know. But I just remember Roland just really respecting Rick's place, you know what I mean, and just you know doing everything exactly how Rick you know asked, and you know, and Rick came back up to Roland's. Uh, territory when we did the um when we did the uh the stuff in uh Mare Island. And Rick Bassett came up and it was in Vallejo, yeah. And it was really, really cool just to see how, you know, how professional Roland was. You know, because, you know, him running his own place, he didn't have this kind of attitude where he thought he knew it all, he was willing to listen and you know, I had, I had now, a good time with that whole angle. Now I I have to tell you though, Roland was, was very, very smart at that time because he used that six man match to to propel the King of Indies tournament. So, yeah. I, you know, he did everything with, with uh, you know, reasons behind it. Um, I have my own personal issues with Roland. Um, and also, you know, some of the business practices I'm not cool with. But all in all, the man knows his shit. And mm-hmm. I, I, I can't bury him for that. Um, um, I bury him for our personal issues. But, you know, as, as far as a professional basis... 
you know, the man knows his shit, and you can't deny that. They, uh, Terry Taylor sent me to the WCW power plant, um, you know, in 2000, you know, just so they, so that they could take a look at me, Eric Bischoff and, all, you know, and all those guys. And I got in there with Terry Taylor, Paul Orndorff, um, Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker, and they wanted to just see me do a series of, you know, holes and just throw some punches, throw some kicks, you know, body slam Terry, dropping, you know, Terry Taylor, bo- dropping elbow on him, just, you know, simple wrestling, and then just do a little chain wrestling. And I remember uh, Paul Orndorff telling me um, when we were kind of walking over into the gym area, Paul Orndorff said, Tony, where were you trained? And I And I didn't really... You know, I didn't really know if I should say, like, I'm from a particular area, you know, a particular group. I didn't know what I should say. So I said, oh, I'm from, a, I'm from an organization, in, you know, in Hayward, California. And he goes, in Hayward, California? And I said, yeah. And I said, uh, I said it's, 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 a, it's a pretty good school, you know. And he goes, oh, Tony, you were trained right. He goes, you were trained old school. He goes, I can see that yeah. when you're wrestling. And that's what he, and, I'm there, and I called Roland. I called Roland when I was at the Atlanta airport, and I told Roland, I said, Roland, I said, the same thing you just said. I said, I don't agree with some of your business practices. I don't agree with how you treat the boys. You know, I don't, I don't agree with a lot of the things as far as, you know, the business end, but I'll tell you this. I mean, you know your shit when it comes to the wrestling side. You know how to train people. I'm not going to sit here and even say that you know how to train people with your bare hands. I'll say that you know how to get qualified people to train people. You know what I mean? So I will give you that because – you know, I had Paul Orndorff tell me that I'm trained solid, and that's because of you and your training school. So I did, I did call Roland to give him that prop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you got to give the man, you know, got to give him credit, you know, and, you know, whatever he does as a promoter, you know, that's, you know, his business. But now, um, Mike, Mike and Donovan and uh, Max Justice are not, uh, yeah, Max Justice. Frankie Murdoch and these other guys, they, oh, you know what? Would you like to take a caller shooter? No, sure. Okay, hold on a second. Let me play this real quick. Hurt. Hey! Oh, damn it. They bleeped it. What's that mean? They bleeped it. It it was supposed to say that was fucking brutal. But I have on the line Bay Area ring announcer and APW Mark from 1997, Mr. Marcus Mac UBZ. Marky, what's up, baby? You're on the line with Shooter Tony Jones. Get it straight, dog. It's the no alternate pink mink, Marcus Mack. What's going on, fellas? <laughs> there's, a, there, there's a voice from the, your past, Tony. <laughs> How's it going? What's going on, my man? I fuck, uh, just been listening to the interview. Just got home, actually. Didn't want to cut into nobody's time here, but Tony, man. We got a big show coming up Friday night that uh, I think we should let the people know about. You know? Yeah, yeah, we do. We do. Break it we up. A big show. Yeah, we got a big show uh, coming up over in Fog City. Um, it's Friday night. Mm-hmm. It's a DNA lounge. It's got some real the DNA lounge. Shows. Yeah, it's a DNA lounge. Uh, bro, I don't know what street it's on. Do you know? What it's uh, I think it's eleven seventy-five. Well, it's eleventh and Howard. You know what I'm saying? I'm not exactly with the with the address, but it's eleventh and Howard. We got so many people booked on this show that it's ridiculous. This is the biggest card that has come to San Francisco in dare I say ten years. And you know you know who who we got booked, you know, for some of the past shows and who we still got booked and who's just doing a great job is Todd Bridges. 
Oh, yes. Uh, Mr. Not-So-Perfect Todd Bridges tag teams with none other than King Dabada to take on LAX member Hernandez and Matt Carlos, the standout student. Damn, damn, damn. I may have to come out Friday night, yo. Man, you got to. Tony Jones. Tony Jones and the Caesar Black Exchange. They take on Reno Scum and Raven and Oliver John. It's a good venue too, man. It's a good venue. I mean, it's a good, it's a good time. It's a good time. I mean, you get to see, you know, you can see all the guys kicking ass. You know, guys work hard. You know what I mean? Everybody there, they work hard. Everybody's there because they want to be there. Everybody's fighting to stay on the card. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. You got, you got, you got, you got guys out there busting their ass. You know, and so I mean, there's, there's many reasons to go to the show, dude. You want to show your support to the guys who are busting their ass. You want to go there because you want to see a good show. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, just look at the look at the lineup. We got Dana Lee versus Eric Cannon. Vinny Massaro Ooh. takes on Savio Vega. Dan Danielson one on one with Sheik Kanabati. Loser leaves town. Go hard or go home match. Sam Delo Royale featuring Nikki the New York Knockout. Erica De Erico, Christina Von Erie, Awesome Kong. Awesome Kong is coming to Fog City. We don't have to rename it Kong City Wrestling. Oh, yeah, you, you gotta go. If Kong's there, everybody, you gotta go see Kong. No, no Late night prime time versus Dylan Drake and a mystery partner. We got the sideshow Jekylls and Blackwell. We got Kenny King flying in from Las Vegas, folks. If you are anywhere around the Bay Area or Northern California, you need to be at this show Friday night DNA Lounge. Tickets are like what are they? Like fifteen bucks. You are definitely gonna get your money's worth. For an awesome night of pro wrestling, Todd Bridges and a crowd is on fire too. Crowd, it's like, absolutely. The crowd is on fire too. Now, what's the website if we want to find out more information? Fog City, FogCityWrestling.com. You can um, you can watch the streaming event on the website. The live feed will start at 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So, MySpace account too. Don't they got a MySpace account too, or something like that? Public. MySpace, MySpace account, account backslash Fog City Wrestling. You got it. You can look them up on Facebook, Twitter, everything, man. Fog City Wrestling is the place to be. Friday night, San Francisco. Sorry to cut into your time there, Shooter. You're doing a hell of a job, and I'm looking forward to seeing you kicking them Reno boys' ass this Friday night, along with Raven and uh, that guy, old school Oliver John. You know. I don't man, think you can have any problems. Dude, no, don't dude, bag man, on my boy, man. Anything, dude. I'm glad you jumped in and, and you know reminded me of you know what what we need to you know get out there. You know what I'm saying? Because that's, that's oh good. yeah, no, for sure, uh, for sure. No, dude. I'm, well, people need to come to this show because, like I said, I mean, dude, just just the wrestling, the wrestling. You got everybody, like I said, busting their ass. I mean, dude, you got star appeal too, dude. You got Todd mm-hmm. Bridges there. You know what I mean? I mean, you got you know you got you just got so much talent there. You know what I mean? You want to come out and support these guys. You know what I mean? These are the this is the future of tomorrow. So. Now, if any of the any of the boys or promoters out there, and you're looking for a, a ring announcer or a, a, an asshole heel manager, hit my boy Marcus up here. Mark, plug that plug that website, baby, so you can get some bookings. Man, it's myspace.com.com backslash Marcus Mac M A R K U S M A C. And uh, let's make it happen, Captain. You know what I'm saying? I've been around the game for a while, and I love going to work for new companies and 
seeing what else is going on out there, man. Awesome. Mark, thanks for calling in, baby. We'll we'll have to have you on uh we're gonna have to have you on again. Uh maybe we could do uh you just you, me and shooter and we can reminisce about uh ninety seven. Oh yeah, for sure. And also, also I want to plug one more thing real quick. Knox Pro, K N O K N O K X Pro Wrestling.com, I believe. It's Rikishi in Orlando, Jordan, and uh, Gangrel School down there in uh, Southern California, along with Black Pro. They have, for you guys in Southern California, May 23rd. Check it on the SoCal boards and the NorCal boards. I put a couple links out there. May 23rd in Ridgecrest, California, we got a show coming. It's our debut show, and I'm looking forward to lighting SoCal on fire. Tremendous. Well, Mark, thanks for calling in, baby. I will uh, hopefully, hopefully, if my wife let me out, I'll see you on Friday. All right, for sure. Thank you very much, KZ. Thank you very much, fellas. Tony, I will see you Friday, dog. I will, bro. Thank you for calling, man. For sure. All right. Well, that was Marcus Mack. What you mean, you, you, you mean the, if your wife let you out, dude? How come you don't come to bring her? How come you don't bring her to the show? Because we have a child. So, oh. you know, it's, it's one way or the other. Plus, she's really not into wrestling unless it's Curry Man or Chris Daniel. Oh, okay. Okay. So, and come on, I mean, I mean, he's bringing him in. It's going to be Willis's last night alive. I mean, who doesn't want to see that? I mean, Hernandez is going to kill that poor guy. There you so go. What did he say? So what did he say? Orlando Jordan, Rikishi, and somebody else. They got a, they got a school. Gangrel. Down. Gangrel and Black Pearl. They have a school down in L.A. Ah, they split that four ways, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just, just opened it up. So. Oh, okay. There's all kinds of stuff going on down there. But, uh, well, Shooter, um, I'm going to have to wrap this one up because we've got uh, other guests waiting on the line. Um, okay, cool. We w- definitely love to have you on again, man. We just barely scratched the surface. Um, oh, yeah, we didn't really talk wants- about anything, dude. We didn't talk about urban wrestling, you know? Hey, hey, we'll get you up in a couple weeks. Yeah, no problem. Hey, but, I appreciate uh, it. Hey, if uh, someone wants to book you or someone wants to contact you, how do they go about doing that? Um, I, got, I, got, I got a bunch of different ways. I got tstj.net, okay, and that's my website. I'm also, I'm also on MySpace. I'm looking at it right now. I'm trying to get the address so I don't, you know, give you the wrong thing, but I guess it's the MySpace. What is it? Yeah, it's MySpace.com forward slash Shooter Tony Jones, and I'm on MySpace. So that's probably the best way to get a hold of me for booking, for 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 anything. And you can also go to my contact me. My my TSTJ.net website is, you know, in the process of being revamped. And check this out, guys. I'm also an IT guy. I fix computers. That's what I do, you know, during the day and stuff. And I'm working a gimmick right now where the gimmick is going to be troubleshooter Tony Jones. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. That's pretty good. That's good huh? shit. Yeah, you know, you, 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 need, you need to put out a T-shirt, man, with you sitting in front of a computer. Right? That'd be pretty neat. It's, like, it's, a, picture, it's a picture of the shooter character holding a monitor in each hand, right? There it is. There it is. Uh-oh. So yeah, guys. all right, so you, heard it, you heard it right here first. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, brother. You know it was it was a pleasure. Uh, you know what? The hell with my wife. I'm coming out Friday night. I'll see y'all on Friday. All right, dude. Make sure the kids are being watched or something, dude. Make sure that comes first. You know what I'm saying? Of but, course. Uh, yeah, of I'd course. Love, I'd love to, I'd, love, I'd, love, I'd love to see you out there, man. I, I will. I look forward to it. You know, uh, Dominic. You know, the gentleman, the gentleman mm-hmm. who you know 
pushes some of the buttons, right, or pushes the buttons, he's a world-class mm-hmm. guy, you know, and it's a pleasure. Yeah, he's a good man. It's a real pleasure for me, you know, to come out there. I enjoy it, and I have a good time, and I, I think everybody else will have a good time, so I hope you guys all come out. All right, brother. Well, it's uh, it's good having you on. I, I will be contacting you very soon. Actually, you know what? I'm going to give you a call a little after 9, and, and we'll set something up for a couple weeks. Cool, brother. Cool, cool. Awesome. All right, that was uh, Shooter Tony Jones, Northern California, independent pro wrestler. Uh, probably one of the best pure amateur wrestlers that I've seen live. You know, not like a Kurt Angle or whatnot, but... Really good, and I would like to welcome to the show the F4WOnline.com's very own audio guru, Chris Cotrere. Welcome to the show, Chris. Hey, what's going on? Chilling, chilling. We're we're coming around the stretch. Got about forty-five minutes to an hour to go. Uh, what's up, bro? Did you say you were coming out Friday night? Who do you think you are, Wade Keller? <laughs> hey, no San Francisco jokes, motherfucker. <laughs> Wade Keller, that's funny. That's funny. I got this. Uh, I got so far. I got the show rated at three and a quarter stars, but this segment will probably get it to five. So, hey, Chris, tell me. I I listened to the um, to the torch talk today with Bill Watts from 1991 or 92. Now, wasn't that yeah, a great fucking interview? Yeah, that was great. I I want to get Bill on the show. Oh yeah. See what see what I can do about getting Bill on the show. But um, before we go any further, uh, let's. Uh, I, I'm going to run down some of the the upcoming shows. Excuse me. Tomorrow, I'll be joined by Tony Galvan in the afternoon for a for a Lucha Libre Spotlight show where we're just going to discuss strictly lucha. And then on Friday, we are. Like I said earlier in the show, we're we're starting a new concept. Uh, it's not a new radio show, but it's a, a new concept for Rubber Guard Radio. It's called Booking Spotlight. And what we'll do is uh, one show a month. It won't be one of the regular shows. It'll be uh, during the day. Uh, we will be having on guests that are in the creative end of wrestling, uh, booking or character development and whatnot. And this Friday, we will have Bill Barons on the show. So... Um, that's going to be a, a good time under the learning tree. And also, next week, um, in the first hour, we'll be joined by the ECW zombie, uh, Tim Arson. And in the second hour, uh, we will be joined by Sparky Ballard, who is probably the best referee in all of California. Uh, you know what? He, he gives uh, Bryce Remsberg a run for his money. So... Um, yeah, we'll be joined by Sparky Ballard, the referee. That'll be next Wednesday, 7 o'clock. Um, yeah, so we've got three shows coming up, man. So we've been, uh, we've been busy here with Rubber Guard Radio, putting out the, uh, you know, the essential kick-ass audio that everybody needs. So, uh, yeah, um, b- before I interrupted, uh, so, so you enjoyed the Bill Watts interview? Oh, yeah, I'd never heard it before. Well, it'd never been released before, but, uh. Yeah, well, it was he's, he's, he's like he's he's like Jim Cornette. He's like one of my favorite personalities in the business. Um, Rob, did you happen to listen to it? Oh, I didn't get to check it out yet. I haven't. Okay, I've been uh, it's finals week for me, so I'm <laughs> I'm pretty busy, unfortunately. But I, I'm gonna. That's on my list. Okay, it's on my list. So, Chris, um, 
have you gotten a chance to uh, to watch any of the new RF video shoot interviews with Canyon, uh, Ted DiBiase, uh, Pitbull, Gary Wolf, uh, Balls Mahoney? Um, I checked out the DiBiase one. I haven't checked out the others, though. Mm-hmm. The Balls Mahoney one's really good. And the Canyon one, the Canyon one is, is really, really good. Not just because he comes out of, you know, he's talking about being gay and shit. It's just funny where he's talking about being gay and, you know, you can feel Rob squirming in the background. Like, um, like at the end, like at the end of the Bill Watts interview where he's talking about faggots and stuff that he doesn't want to be around him or whatever. And, you know, Wade Keller, you know, is sitting there shaking in his boots. <laughs> That's what's funny about the shit right now. So, Chris, is there anything on your mind that uh, you want to talk about? No, you're talking about brought up Bill Watts. What did you think of his uh, WCW run? I liked it. Uh, Rob, any opinions? You know, I mean, it's hard to find uh, better wrestling. I mean, you had the Steiners, the Miracle Violence Quad connection going at it. You know, you had Steamboat and Rude, and oh man, I mean, that was. You know, great, that was great. one of the best years WCW ever had, in my opinion. It's in the ring, I mean. They they had the Miracle Violence Collection. Connection. Uh, connection. <laughs> he did that, too. <laughs> Wait, was it Connection? Connection. Connection. It was Connection. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm so stoked. I got in the seven-disc um, MVC comp from New, from All Japan in today. Oh, boy. It's going to be a fun couple days. But you can get that compilation at slambamjam.com. Tell Alfredo that KZ from RubberGuard Radio sent you. Uh, I think I should give Alfredo Alfredo a call so maybe we can set up some kind of a special deal for the listeners. Um, Rob, do you have anything, uh, any topics you'd like to discuss with Chris? Yeah, I got one for you, actually. I want to know. Hold on, hold on, hold on, just just a sec. All right. Thanks, Chris. You're welcome. Okay. Sorry about that. Sorry. Okay. All right. I w- All right. Now, here's the problem I have. I always want to listen to some of these radio shows, but I'm not always by my computer. The problem is I can't stream these shows on my iPhone. What? what are you guys looking into that maybe so we can, uh, you know, so us iPhoneers can check it out when we're away? I have no idea because I'm not, like, officially doing anything with Brian and nope. them. He just records and edits the Wrestling Observer Lives. Oh, okay, I got you. He's not he's not officially office member. Should be. Yeah, but I'm not. No, I but, just do it. I just do that stuff on my own. So. But thanks, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dude. It, that 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 shit never gets old. So. I'm having me a T-shirt made up. Hell yeah, I'd wear one. You know what? When uh, when we start getting Rubber Guard Radio T-shirts made, I'll, I'll have a Rubber Guard Radio Thanks Chris shirt available. You say Thanks Chris on the front and the Great Man on the back. Then you can list all the past guests of Observer Live. Yes, back when it was good. Yeah, no shit, huh? <laughs> it's not bad now. Um, just all those. Oh uh, no, 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 no. You, no one can touch. They, they'll never be able to touch the E out of years. That shit was classic. Now, now, Chris, hold on just a sec, Rob. Now, Chris, you have to, you have to back me up on this one. 
James in Kentucky is Jim in Virginia. You've heard the audio. It's him. No, I don't think it is. It is him. <laughs> no, no, I've listened to him enough times. I don't think it's him. All right. Sorry, Rob. I, I had to get that in. Go ahead, buddy. That's okay. Um, I I was going to say, uh, is there something you could do about, uh, like, Brian's voice? Because he always comes out really loud <laughs> as opposed yeah. to everybody else that I no, have literally. No, like, so no. Brian, Brian, no, Brian has to reach puberty. <laughs> oh, oh, you were speaking about the level. Oh, not not, yeah. Yeah, not the height. So. <laughs> yeah, because I love the show, but, uh, oh, man. Sometimes he kills so my what, what you know, it. I could go back and, like, lower it, but I edit it as the show's going on. Like, during the commercial break, I'll stop recording and, you know, just um, edit, like, a couple of pieces together. And so by the end, I've got it all edited so I can get it out quicker like that, which is why I don't uh, go back and do stuff like that. Right. Well, what program do you use for that? Vegas or? Audacity. Audacity. Oh, okay, I got that. Of course. Good stuff. Yeah, I need to figure out how to use Audacity as well. It's fun but when you get into it. I mean, when you when you when you know what you're doing and know how to and get in creating stuff, it's really really fun. Okay. All right. Say something, goddammit. So, so Contrary, what would you think of TNA? Because if I've heard correctly, that's. Uh, but, uh, did you check out the pay per view? Did you like it? I gave it a thumbs in the middle. I didn't think it was that good. The only thing I really like, I like the Dudleys and what else did I like? I don't think I liked anything else. Really? And, what about and the, the the Escape the Cage match, the X Division one? I liked that one too. But the other stuff, that main event was fucking horrible. You think so? Yes, I thought it was bad. All right. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I, yeah, the, I didn't really mind the main event. Uh, I thought the best match of the night was that tag match. That, that, that's you know, Chris Saban. He went. He banged off the cage and went right, right on his neck. Not a fun sight. And oh I, yeah, I, I, I remember that. It was bad. And then Angel okay, in the Love, he got knocked out on that body press. Right. The, the only match I really didn't like was that I hated that Abyss match. It was such a waste of time. I can't Absolutely. get into anything that just goes anymore. Was a waste of time. I've the seen him do this shit so many times. It's just I can only watch so much of that hardcore shit. It was okay ten years ago, but I get away from it now. I don't care much for it because I know how stupid it is now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. You, you know, I mean, it doesn't. It's not over anymore. It, you know, everybody's just like, yeah, this goes through the tax. You know, he's all cut up. Meanwhile, you got, you know, meanwhile, someone can do headlocks and all that and probably get just the same reaction, so. Yeah, I think that hardcore stuff, when it first, when it first came popular, like in the mid-90s or whatever, people got into it, I think it kind of hurt the business because it made guys that can actually go out there and have wrestling matches, made it tougher for them to get, like, a response from the crowd because they've seen so much by that point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, TNA, the, the only thing left is one of them jumping literally off the roof of the stadium. I mean, they've jumped off everything. They've used every weapon. You name it. Yeah. Yep. 
and none of it made one bit of sense. I am happy to see Ricky Steamboat wrestle Sunday, though. Yes. Not me. Really? I He shouldn't have been there at Mania. Oh, I, lo- I love this Mania. Now, now if, he didn't, if he didn't show up at Mania to wrestle, and if he doesn't, didn't wrestle this past weekend, or this coming weekend, now, his final match against Steve Austin at The Clash, that was a great match to go out on. Now, yeah. you know, shit's tarnished. And as far as uh, Mania this year... Um, I rewatched the Hall of Fame this morning, and Stone Cold Steve Austin's fucking speech was a joke. I was well, so they, pissed off. They, I, it, it wasn't a good one, but they cut a lot out of that. I mean, you, you know, they cut out a lot of good minutes. But yeah, I agree. I mean, you, you know, they were they were building the speech for TV, not for how good can this be, you know, and what can we do with it. It's just no, we got to please USA. I thought maybe that they were maybe. You know, his speech wasn't as good as it could be, maybe because he was coming out the next night, you know, just get, like, his final hurrah well, he, in front of yeah, the crowd or whatever. Well, he, he said goodbye the way he wanted to and the way he should have by coming right. down on that ATV. Now, it's a shame. I mean, he didn't mention Pillman. He didn't mention Chris Adams breaking him in. He didn't mention starving in Memphis while eating potatoes and tuna. You know, I mean, Jesus. Yes, I understand he put out the Stone Cold Truth, okay, I understand that, but for fuck's sake, at least you know share some good stories or something. You know, well, I I think they wanted to stay away from anybody dying because, you know, according to them, the Von Erichs are still wrestling somewhere, and I I, I really <laughs> think that was why. I, I I mean I got to give Dodie for credit for skipping the whole Von Erich thing. That that was that that was a move. <laughs> Well, on the uh, Mania DVD, they're going to have, like, extras. They went back and, like, interviewed all the people from the Hall of Fame that got inducted or whatever just because they didn't get to talk as much as they did because of the time limits and whatnot. Bullshit. It's bullshit. They should do They should do it in the early afternoon, okay? They should do it film Friday. It, film it and then edit it and then put it on TV. I mean, you don't have to do his shit fucking live. It, it, dude, did, you know, I I posted an article that I wrote the the, uh, the morning of WrestleMania, and I, I I poured my heart my heart and soul out, and I I was really really upset because the Hall of Fame are are older guys that I grew up watching that I have fond memories of. You know, and and they're they're limited to five minutes on a fucking timer. Mm-hmm. It's sad, and Vince is killing the business. He's killing wrestling, and this was one of the nails in the coffin. I feel really. Yeah, I really do. Okay. I'm sorry, guys. I, I I'm I'm going to step back. I'm I'm very upset. So you have the office, Rob. Oh, uh, me again, huh? <laughs> well, yeah, you got to earn your fucking earn your fucking. Free DVDs, motherfucker. Well, it makes you feel better. Vince McMahon only got had a time limit and only had three minutes. Speaking of free DVDs, Rob, did you yep. get a chance to watch that Best of Mystico oh. set that I got from SlamBamJam.com? You didn't send me Best of Mystico. I got Best of Joe Leader, buddy. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. I, I okay. You could get uh, the Best of Crazy Boy and Joe Leader in the Indies at. SlamBamJam.com. That's right. I 
I'll send something else. Oh, Jim, uh, yeah. So anyway, you have the office, Rob. I'm uh, right. her so, so what what are you what are your uh what are your thoughts coming into this next pay per view, Conjure? Aside from Ricky Samo, I don't really care. Really? Is there a pay per view? Sunday. Yeah, they're having it they're doing like like Triple H and Batista and Shane against Legacy and if Triple H gets beaten by anybody on the other team he loses the belt to Randy Orton or some shit like that. Now unlike unlike Brian and Dave, I don't have to watch it. It's you know I mean sure it would be nice for you know me to be objective and talk about all this shit on the on the on the show but fuck no it's bullshit it's not what I love man okay I'm getting really bitter Rob you need to take over dude <laughs> I, I, you know I, I gotta say for the pay per view a lot of the matches you know they won't be bad uh, the storylines are pretty stupid for the most part but. You know, they're all gimmick matches, so they're probably going to be okay. I mean, you got an I quit, you know, you got a last man standing. Those are never bad. You know, I mean, I'm sure the sixth man will have a couple cool moments. And, uh, you know, of course, you got Ricky Steamboat coming is, back. Is it no DQ, the sixth man? Uh, I'm sure it will be. If it's, you know, it's not like it matters anyway. Even if it's not, it's going to be, you know, you know they're going to do it anyway. So, mm-hmm. well, Going back to the Hall of Fame real quick, um, I always thought that they should do it, like, live and make it part of the WrestleMania package on pay-per-view. You know, where you can pay a certain price and get both of them. But if you just want to order, like, the Hall of Fame, you can order it by itself. Or WrestleMania, you can just order it by itself. Mm-hmm. That's an idea. That's definitely an idea. I, you know, I guess they'd have to see how many people they could get buying that, because it's not cheap, but... Hey, you know, why not? I mean, that sounds good. I think they do it. They're doing it mostly now because it uh, knocks the uh, the WrestleMania, um, you know, the the DVD uh, sale because the Hall of Fame's on there. I like the first Hall of Fame DVD when they just had the Hall of Fame and just had like matches on there and stuff like that with all that the guys. That was 2004, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we we I have a uh, my final guest in the quay. So, uh, Chris, plug. Heavy. Uh, I got nothing to plug. Go to F4WOnline.com. Go to the radio show section. The Wrestling Observer Live archive, Brian and Vinny Rewind, uh, TNA Adrenaline Flush. I hope TNA doesn't get better because then I won't be able to do it anymore. But there you go. Awesome. Mr. Couture, thanks for calling in, brother. It was uh, nice to touch base with you. I'm sorry, you know, we couldn't give you more time, but... uh, Tony Jones was uh, going off. I, I didn't think Tony would be, you know, as open as he was. But no problem. Anytime you awesome. name me, just give me a holler. Cool, cool. Uh, what we're going to do is uh, probably next week we're going to do um, – it'll be an, uh, a mid-afternoon show for me, so it'll be in the mid-evening out there your ways. We'll, we'll do an all-classic wrestling show. Um, Sounds we'll fun. We'll talk about classic stuff. Um just because I, you know, I, I'm out on disability, so I have the time to do shows. So fuck it, it's a government. Yes, I'm glad you're out of the hospital because if you, if you died, then I wouldn't get any more DVDs. <laughs> there you go. All right, hey, uh, you know what, Chris? Um, I think I have your address. I'm going to send you a send you a set tomorrow of. Uh, oh, actually, did you get the uh, icons of wrestling that I posted in the pro wrestling forum? 
Which one was that? There were eight of them. Penny Banner, Iron Sheik, Antonio Inoki, Hardboy. I don't Haggerty. think I've seen it. Okay. Instead of downloading them, I put them on DVDs, so I'll, I'll send them to you. So. Okay. But uh, thanks for calling in, Chris. It was uh, my pleasure, brother. No problem. Awesome. Thank you. All right, that was the audio guru of F4WOnline.com, Mr. Uh, Chris Cotrere. And I'd uh, like to welcome the show, Mr. X, uh, from Southern California, Pro Wrestling Gorilla, AWS, everywhere else, superstar, Mr. Scorpio Sky. Uh, Scorpio is taking care of his bodily injuries, and he's back in the ring. Mr. Sky, good evening. Yo, yo, what's up, man? It's a pleasure to be back. Ah, awesome, awesome. So, brother, how long have you been back? Well, um, I started back with Pro Wrestling Gorilla, I believe, in January. It was either January or February, one of the two. And I wrestled Zocre, and um, since then, I've been rocking and rolling, man. Been feeling pretty good. Tremendous. Tremendous. Not only you, but uh, PWG lately. I mean, they've been you know they've been topping cards more than anybody else. I mean, you you take a look at those cards. Those are some real indie dream cards out there. Yeah, you know, I haven't seen a card that looked bad from them in a long time now. now oh yeah, um, well that's the theme. Now, now before we get rolling with Scorpio, um, I do need to plug a friend of mine's radio show, uh, Tim Noel, out there in the Carolinas. Uh, Timmy was on our show a couple weeks ago, and, and he got bit by the bug, so he started his own uh, podcast, which focuses on the uh, mid-Atlantic area uh, with uh, local workers, Sean Denny, uh, Damian Wayne, all those gentlemen out there will be on his show. That would be blogtalkradio.com backslash airplane spin. There it is. Cheap plug. Very cool. Much love to you, Tim. All right. Uh, do you have any questions there, Rob, for uh, Mr. Sky? Yeah, um, uh, you know, what else am I going to ask? But I got to know about the Osaka Pro when you were out there. You got to tell me something about that. Oh wow, wow! Um, it was it was awesome. It was a really awesome experience to be out there. Um, it was it was fun to be able to hang with those guys. You know, I was pretty nervous going into it. I went with Scott Lost and. Um, I, you know, all the nervousness went away as soon as you walked through the curtain, man. The fans are so welcoming. They're so respectful. You know, you sign autographs for a couple hours after each show, and just the wrestlers are, are just the same, really respectful. And just, you know, it, it's really fun, you know, to just go out there in a new environment and try new things and uh, get over. And, you know, I would love to go back to Osaka. I don't know what their, their situation is right now. I know they were struggling for a while, but... Um, you know, if they, they were have, ever in the position for it. They have two promotions going right now. They have Osaka Pro. They they, uh, they split the promotion in half. Okinawa. Um, yeah, yeah. most of the veterans and uh, better-known guys went to Okinawa now, so they have two different shows. So I yeah, heard something about that. What's the situation with that? Is there, like, an Okinawa Pro? or what? Yep. What's going on with that? Uh, Delson is in Okinawa, correct? Yeah, yes. he's there, and... All the main guys like uh, Gaina, uh oh god, but yeah, yeah, pretty much most of the main guys and uh, everybody who was in in the bigger storylines went with them. So is Tiger's really, Mask still there? Mm-hmm. No, Tiger. Yeah, Tiger's Mask is in Osaka. He's in Osaka. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I, I heard um, Ebison returned. Right? He's a friend of mine. He said he was he 
going back or has already gone back at some point. Uh, Ebersol's a good guy. I get to meet him, and uh, he's uh, you know that they said they said he was going to be challenging for the Awari for the Awari title, the comedy title. So oh, very against, cool, very cool. Against Stalker now, and maybe the other Ebersol. Now, um, speaking of Kikataro Ebersol, um, about a month ago. He sent me a message, and he said that whenever when he's in the states, he would love to come on the show. Hey, so that that would be, that would be awesome. That would be I he's a hilarious him. guy. I stayed with him uh, most of the time I was out there. Uh, we stayed in his apartment, and um, he's he's such a funny guy. He doesn't like keeping his clothes on, but um, you know he's fun to be around. No Japanese team too, actually. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, Scorp, do you happen to have the time frame of when you were in Osaka? Uh, I believe that was um, all of August 2004. 2004, okay. Because I'm, I'm going to go to my sponsor, slambamjam.com, cheap plug, and see if I can uh, come across some Osaka stuff. Because I'd, I'd love to see, uh, never mind you, just got lost in... Uh, in uh, <laughs> There's one matchup on YouTube. It's uh, it's like a six man involving um, uh, Ebisons in it, Delphins in it, Scott Lost, me. Um, there we had a lot of other really good matches that were even better than that one, but I haven't had a chance to get a copy of them or anything. So I would love to see if you couldn't find anything and let me know. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course. You know I'm I'm a mark for the you know that wacky shit. You know, I, I love yeah, it was these fun. It was fun. I mean, I'd watched Delphin for years, so to actually get in there and wrestle him was was a, was a, really a thrill. Dude, I followed him when when he was Monkey Magic Wakita. Oh wow! I mean, you know, <laughs> Hamada's old UWF. You know, in UWA wow. in Mexico. So that yeah tells you how far I've been following him. But um, so. Now you're you're back working for Gorilla. Are you uh, working for Jesse Hernandez in the EWF? Uh, not currently, but um, you know I would I wouldn't be surprised if I popped up sometime soon in the EWF. That's very very likely. Now now that B Boy is back in the Southern California area, when are we going to see you and him uh, hook up? Man. You know, it was actually supposed to happen at uh, AWS. They were going to do a show on the 24th, and um, it, uh, it's, <laughs> it's actually not going to happen. Uh, I don't really remember what the circumstances were on why the show was canceled, but that was going to be the match, B-Boy and myself, which would be really fun. You know, we've had a lot of matches over the years, a lot of really good matches. I've been wrestling him since probably 2003, and we've wrestled a dozen times, and I would love to get back in there with. I think B-Boy is awesome, and I'm really glad to see him back in SoCal, and really glad to see him uh, in PWG, where I could just you know hang out with him and stuff. Yeah, um, B-Boy. B-Boy is working this Saturday for SoCal Pro Wrestling in San Diego or in Oceanside, San Diego. Uh, SoCalProWrestling.com. Um, I am. I told the owner Jeff Dino. The, he's the owner of uh, WrestleWarehouse.com and SoCal Pro Wrestling. I told him, if you book SoCal Crazy against B-Boy, I will be there for sure in the front row with my own handheld camera. Um, that would be a, a dream match of mine. 
Uh, speaking of SoCal Pro Wrestling, uh, you did the one shot uh, where you worked Adam Pierce. Um, right. What did you think of the company, and how was the locker room, and how did Jeff treat you? I thought it was great. I, I really liked working there, to be honest with you. You know, I came in, you know, I couldn't have had a better opponent than Adam Pierce, and the crowd was hot, and, you know, the everybody in the back was cool. And, you know, one of the fans actually bought my mask that day, and I had a great time, and I'd love to go back if the opportunity arose. Well, we're working on it, brother. We're 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 trying. <laughs> we're trying. We're trying because you know we're we're all family, man, and we all take care of each other one way or the other. So it's all about everybody getting work. So yeah, well, I saw they're uh, doing shows out in Riverside now too, mm-hmm. which would be uh, pretty cool because that's very close to home. <clears throat> any uh, any other questions there, Rob? Uh, can, can you give us any idea of what we could expect in uh, PWG's big uh, tag tournament coming up? You know, um, they keep things very, very close to, you know, close to pocket there. So even I don't know what's going on with that. Um, I don't know what the matches are. I don't know what teams are in it. Uh, it's going to be obviously a surprise. But you know it's uh, PWG. They're going to pull out some be anything. surprises. And there's going to there's gonna be, you know, some great action. And you never know what to expect. Who knows what's going to happen. You know, the Steiner brothers might be in that damn thing. You know, the... <laughs> Freaking the Quebecers. You never even know what's going to show up. The Bushwhackers. I want to see the now, Bushwhackers in PWG. That would be great. No, no. The Sheep Herders in PWG. The she- oh, there we go. The Sheep Herders against Generico and Steam. That would there be a it good is. match. Now, is that your now that, now that, um, Dragon, now that Dragon Gate is going to start running um, shows in the States, Dragon Gate USA, DGUSA.TV, cheap plug for you, Gabe, and Gabe Sapolsky's <laughs> doing the booking. Um, Scorp, have you contacted Gabe about uh, going out east to work on the uh, Dragon Gate shows? Uh, I haven't, actually. Um, that I haven't might talked be a to Gabe idea, in a long brother. time. I haven't talked to Gabe in a long time. We used to talk back in the day about uh, ROH when he was still involved, and you know, we never really were able to find a time to make that happen. Um, I do remember uh, when I was healthy, before I got hurt this, with the back injury, I was talking to Seema. He was interested in bringing me out to Japan, I believe, for one of the Dragon Gate tours. And uh, obviously, you know, the story with that is I got hurt and ended up taking, what, six months off or whatever. And uh, But now that they're going to run in the States, there is this really strong possibility that I, I'll be in there. You know, we'll see. I'd love to do it. It would be well, you, you... an awesome opportunity. What what could it hurt, brother? You know, I mean. Yeah, we'll see what happens. The, you know, obviously, okay. The 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 way that they're going to be running the shows is they say they're going to be using you know at least eight Dragon Gate talents per show. Now my question is, will that be just Japanese workers, or would that also include the Young Bucks? Hmm, that's a good question. That's a really good okay. question. Now I I mentioned the, the Young Bucks. Um, they're the PWG tag champs, I think, still. Yes, yes. And they're the AWS tag champs, and they've got all kinds of different belts. They're working for. They are uh, actually. They they're not currently the AWS tag team champions. They they oh, are, no. They've they've held them before, but they are currently the EWS tag team champions. Right, okay, I get I get confused, but yeah, I mean these kids, man, they're they're about ready for an NWA World Tag Team title run. I mean they're in the. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't had them already. 
Well, the the thing is because they're going to be going back and forth. Right, that's true. Man, I I think they're freaking at the top of their game. I uh, I think they're ready for a, a WWE tag team title reign, man. Or you know, know, Matt, these guys are awesome, Matt, man. They're, Matt and Nick, Matt and Nick are awesome, and you know the 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 younger brother is really good too. The third one. Yes, uh, uh, Malachi CK. Yeah, CK. Yeah, they he's coming really up, good. man. He's he's also very good. Um, man, I can't say enough good things about the young bucks, man. They they get better and better every time I see them. I I did commentary on the last uh, PWG show 100. They wrestled the Cutlers. We've talked about the Cutler brothers too. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a phenomenal match, man. It was amazing. You know, I actually twittered it during the match, man. I was like, this match is crazy. <laughs> this match is good. You know, the Cutlers are another team, man. They're just getting better and better. But the now, Young Bucks, man. I'm I'm going to what I I plan on doing is I'm going to personally call Gabe myself because I personally need to see. Yoshino and Doi against the Ballard brothers. Oh wow! Because you that know, Ballard brothers—that's another team, man. They're so good. They're so good. They—they would—they would—they may be older, but they could still keep up, and I think they could do the Dragon Gate style. I, I agree. Be a really good fit. I really do. I've wrestled the Ballards a dozen times in AWS, and they can mm-hmm. still go, man. They—they they just get better. They're not—they have not lost a step. I guarantee you, they've gotten better. You know, age or not, they've gotten better. Now, speaking, guys are awesome. speaking, speaking of the Ballard Brothers, um, you can get the shoot interview that I conducted with them at WrestleWarehouse.com. Cheap plug, man. <laughs> Got to pay the bills, baby. The Ballards did a shoot interview. Drop? I didn't know that. Yes. Um, it's, it's a two-disc set. Um, the first disc is about two-and-a-half hours shoot interview um, that we conducted up here in uh, Northern California after a big-time wrestling show, and you can hear T.J. Perkins in the background snoring <laughs> and, uh, in the hotel. <laughs> okay, and now, second, did, they, did they talk about me? I'm not saying anything. And oh, the man. Second, the second disc is a Best of the Ballards in SoCal Pro, where they, uh, they work the Young Bucks, they work uh, uh, Lost Luchas, uh, Cool Imagery, Hector Canales, and Ricky Mandel. So, yeah, that's, that's good stuff. Um, now, you go to show. Do you go to shows when you're not booked? Yeah, I, I just went to EWF last week and watched the show. Now, no, the reason I ask is, do you see any kids out there? You know, uh, a diamond in the rough per se. Do you see one of those out there? Hmm. Um, Chris Cadillac. I was actually going to mention him. I think he can be really, <laughs> really good. Um, yeah, he's a guy. He's um. When I was working in the EWF a lot, he was he was one of the guys that I would kind of um, oversee and, and, and lend a word here and there when I can, and uh, he really would just soak it all up, and he would always come and talk to me and ask questions and stuff and, and try to learn as much as he can, and I think he can be really, really good. The, the only thing that holds him back is that he's kind of wrestling guys that are on his level mm-hmm. and on a consistent basis where you you got to wrestle guys that are better than you are at the time. You know, when I first started, for me, it was like I, I got to wrestle Super Dragon, you know, and I got to wrestle Scott Lost yeah, and guys, see, you know, you, Mr. You, Excitement. You, you, you broke in at Rev Pro, I mean, and, right. and it was at a beautiful time. Right, right, definitely. Now, what what year did you break in, Scorp? Uh, 2002, late 2002. 
But I mean, Cadillac. I think he needs to. Uh, they he needs to start getting booked with guys. You know, I'd like to see Cadillac and Joey Ryan wrestle. I'd like to see him. You know, him and myself wrestle. He would be. You know, and guys that he can really just learn off of and and make everything because he's got a lot of great things that to do. But he just needs guidance to just put him in the right places and make him solid. And if he can do that, then he's going to be awesome. And uh, I feel the same way about. Um, this other guy that actually helped train, Peter Avalon, he's just getting mm-hmm. started. I don't know if you've heard of him yet. He's been wrestling yeah. in UWF. He's, um, I helped him a lot. Um, he's going to be really good, I think. And, um, you know, he's got a lot of charisma, which is, which is really good, you know, especially for a new guy who's just getting started. You know, now, normally they're for, just worried about for, wrestling and stuff. Is Mr. Avalon's charisma, is it on the mic? Or, or does it? Can you see it while he's in the ring with his work? It's, it's, it's kind of a presence. It, I haven't heard him on the mic yet, but he kind of, you know, he has a presence. He, he comes out and he's got like a martini glass and a members-only jacket, and you know, he's just got his hair and his swag is just off the charts. He, you know, he, he's just got like a presence right off the bat. And for a rookie, it's really difficult to incorporate a presence along with the wrestling, and, and he's got that. And he's got more presence than wrestling at this point, which is exactly, I think, where you want to be. And you can, just, you can always add the wrestling, but the presence you can't always teach. Any other questions there, uh, Rob? Yeah, I got one. Um, have, you, have you heard anything about Rising Sun? I haven't heard anything about him in quite a while. I've always liked him. Oh, wow. Uh, the last I heard was uh, like before Rev Pro closed, he blew out his knee and ended up having to have surgery. And then what? Yep. Oh, we lost Scorp. Oh. Oh no. Scorp will, Scorp will call right back in. All right. But yeah, your Rising Sun, man, that guy. I yeah, I've seen him have some really good matches. Um on tape for Rev Pro or even up here for APW. You know, he would he would come up. Um, yeah, he, um, you know, uh, he made that trip to CCW and, you know, Super Dragon stayed and he just kind of went away, you know. Well, b- before we lost you, Scorp, uh, uh, Rob mentioned uh, Rising Sun. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Did you hear anything of what I was saying? Uh, well, just... To- you know, sum it up really quick. I, I believe at the end of Rev Pro, he ended up blowing out his knee and had to have surgery. And then a couple of months later, he had to go back and either have that same leg uh, redone or he had to get his other leg done. So, uh, you know, for him being a small guy and a flyer, it seems with two, you know, back-to-back knee surgeries, we probably won't be seeing him again. Now, now for anybody out there that's listening, anybody, I have emailed Ron Rivera for months now. I want to get the American Wild Child on my show. Somebody contact that son of a bitch. I want to have Ronnie Rivera on my show. <laughs> I've been trying, man. I've told him a couple of times. He's kind of a, you know, an enigma. He'll pop up at times, and you never really have his uh, phone number or his contact. But, you know, if I ever can actually tie him down I'll, I'll get him I'll get him for you please you know do me one do me one strong on that one I need to get Ron on the show as well as <laughs> another, 
another man that that avoids me. Well, not avoids, just doesn't answer emails or whatever, and that's J.R. Benson. I want to get that crazy motherfucker on. <laughs> so uh, let's uh, let's talk about the road. Okay. Okay. Um, give me a fun road story. Oh man, so many. You know, it's like I've probably forgotten better ones than I can even remember that I can even tell right now. Um, one story that was pretty good was. Um, it was random just because of the people that were in it. This was when uh, GSCW was around. Do you remember that company? Oh, yeah. They were feuding oh, yeah. with APW. There was like a SoCal versus NorCal feud. Right. So um, we were going to do like some kind of invasion on a on a Jim Wars show at APW. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was Gary Yap driving. There was Joey Ryan, Excalibur, and myself. And we're all driving up there. And... Uh, you know, we decided to play a little rib on on APW, or I forgot who it was in charge, but uh, we, we decided to play a little rib on him. It was someone else. It wasn't Roland. It was someone Jason else that was Dittrich. running it. I, I I really don't remember. But um, Gabe Ramirez. It was Gabe. It was Gabe. There, there it is. So we, pl- we decided to play a little rib on him, and um, uh, we had Gary call and and say that you know him and. Him, I think it was like him and Excalibur or Joey, one of the two, got into this big blow-up, you know, argument. And, you know, he ended up, you know, they had like an FU contest or whatever. And he ended up storming off and we just left him. And he was on like a huge part of the show. He was supposed, I think it was Excalibur. He was supposed to like um, lead the whole thing, one of the two. And, uh, you know, he was, so he was, uh, you know, needless to say, he was a huge part of the story. And, um you know, basically this guy's stranded somewhere in between SoCal and NorCal, and they're freaking out, obviously, like, where, you know, where, you got to go back, you got to find him, you know, and it's just like, no, you know what, if he wants to be like that, forget him, you know, we're just, you know, forget him, He'll, he could find his own way up there, find his way home, and, you know, we played it on for probably an hour, and then eventually we called back, and then Gary's on the phone, and he's like, no, wait a minute, wait, we, I think I think he's running on the side of the car, and he just starts yelling. And obviously, at that point, they knew it was a rib. So that now, was kind of fun. Now, Scorp, did did Gabe laugh at the rib? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Now you 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 need to contact him. Uh, Pro Wrestling Dash Revolution dot com. Uh, they he runs his own company up here. And he tends to bring up Southern California workers. Um, give him a hit him up with an email. Maybe you can get booked, brother. You know, drive on up, and uh, you can sleep on my couch, so you don't have to pay for a hotel. Nice. All right. I can watch that Ballard shoot interview. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, man, I've probably forgotten better road stories than I can even come up with on the spot. I know there's been tons and tons. I'll probably remember a bunch of them tomorrow morning or something. I'll be laying in bed and like, ah, why didn't I tell that one? Or why didn't I tell this one? You know. But... Okay, for for those that are listening live to the stream, we're gonna lose the stream in about a minute, but we're gonna we're gonna continue on. So, uh, just to uh, warn you two on the air that if uh, we're we're shut down abruptly, the show's over. So, Scorp, I'm gonna give you the office right now to plug what you need to plug. 
Yes, uh, myspace.com slash Scorpio Sky. I got t-shirts coming soon. Make sure you hit that up. You can also follow me at twitter.com slash Scorpio Sky as well. So um, I always post little nice things. So make sure you pick up that t-shirt. It's going to be hot. Buy the shirt. All right, now we, we, we have that out of the way. So we can uh, get back to business. Do you have any other questions there, Robert? I got one more for you. Now, uh, now I got to see PWG a few years ago when I, during WrestleMania weekend, right? Now, mm-hmm. WrestleMania is inching closer and closer to Los Angeles. Is there any way we could see a PWG show out in Arizona for next awesome. year? Uh, man, a PWG show in Arizona? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I, I, I really... I, I doubt it, to be honest with you, um, just because I I can't really see them, you know, making a move like that. You have to think about it in terms of business. And um, for for PWG to uproot and, and move and, and do a show out in Arizona, there'd have to be some sort of uh, really, really strong following to where it's beneficial to towards them. You know what now, I mean? Where, you know, let, it, let, let me jump in here, Scorp. Now, Tristan Gallo um, owns the IZW promotion out there, uh-huh. and they're they're NWA members. So there may be an NWA show out there, WrestleMania weekend mm-hmm. next year. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say that would be more realistic than a gorilla show, honestly. Right, right. I mean, it wouldn't make sense for PWG to go to Arizona and still draw, you know, like 150 or 200 or whatever they'll draw right here in SoCal. You know what I mean? So why go all the way to another state to draw what they'll draw here when they can, you know, stay and keep their finances cheaper here? And that's why I don't think you'd see it in Arizona. It's different when you, when you'll, you know, they'll go to Europe and do shows because they're a completely different market that's getting to see the action live. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. there's a lot of different deals that they can work through that. But uh, Arizona, I don't know. I, I maybe one day there may be a PWG show on the East Coast, but even that I would doubt because uh, hey, yeah. you know you have ROH out there, so you and don't really need PWG now. Right, PWG is kind of a West Coast thing, where you know the fans get a chance to see the ROH stars live, you know, and the ROH CZW Chikara guys live. So you know even. You know, there wouldn't even be a real reason to go to East Coast. So I think they're fine where they are. They're, you know, they should probably stay local and build this area. I think this area still needs to be built up a lot more before moving. Now, you you mentioned you mentioned Chikara. Have you have you tried to get booked with Chikara? Uh, no, I haven't. I, I'm. I'm more of a just lay back and wait till someone calls type of thing. <laughs> I've, I haven't really tried to get booked anywhere, you know. Um, all right, I remember all right, when okay, I was really I'll, when I really first started, agent. I would send tapes, but I'll, I'll be your agent. How does that sound? <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. You, yeah, you know, I that, I can do that. <laughs> well, yeah, I I will. Are you gonna ask for a cut? Of course, motherfucker. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's cool. That's, that, that's only fair. Now, now, answer, now, do you follow the Chikara product at all? Have you seen any of it? I, you know what? Um, I, I think I was just telling you yesterday. The um, the last 
uh, like independent wrestling match I watched before that tape you sent me of uh, Nigel and Austin Aries was uh, Samoa Joe CM Punk three, and that was you know what was that two thousand four or something. So that was the last uh, independent wrestling match I've seen. Now you know I I I kind of compare Chikara to the old Ref Pro where it's a hybrid and there's a lot of masks and stuff, but uh, Chikara's a little more goofy. But mm-hmm. um, do you think that that on a smaller scale that, that you guys would uh, consider running Ref Pro reunion shows? Um, I, I would love to do it. You know, I would love to, you know, put on the old tights and the old mask and, and go out and have another Rev Pro show, but uh, I think it would be up to, you know, first someone to stand up and say, okay, I'm doing this. Um, someone to, you know, get the the rights to do it. You know, I don't exactly know who owns the name or the footage or anything like that. And, again, there would have to be a demand for it because it would be really sad to run a Revolution Pro reunion show after all these years. And, you know, Rev Pro has done more for the Southern California wrestling area than any other company Whoa, 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 whoa. Not Southern California. Nation. Right, right. I mean, really. You know, I mean, the the, the, the influence from Rev Pro, brother, can be felt all over. Yeah, you're right. You're right. There's Revolution Pro has touched every part of professional wrestling, you know, and and the nation, like you said, you know, so really, and and I go back to SoCal, in, in a way, it was the single most important company we've ever had out here. And for them to run another show and say they draw 25 people, you know what I mean? That would just be a really bad way to to go out on. I think the final show they ran, you drew probably I don't know three, four, five hundred people, and that was a really good way to go out. And you know, unless there was a really strong demand for another Rev Pro show, I don't think they should bring it back. Now, um, do you have an update on Matt Sinister's health? I don't. I don't. I um. You know, last I heard, he got married at some point, and, you know, that was the only thing I've heard from him. I, I would really like to find out more on how he's doing. I haven't seen him in over a year. Now, um, do you speak to Taro regularly? I do. Not not regularly. I, I see him from time to time. I haven't seen him in quite a while, but um, I do see him from time to time. Um, he'll show up to gorilla shows. Now, hey, Rob. I would like to uh, get Taro out of retirement and book him in a Hydra from they are they're small but they think they're big and they do that step over the top rope like Kevin Nash does. <laughs> funny. I would like that. I would like that. That's pretty funny. That would be Yeah, good. when I when I had Taro on the show, I'm like, Hey brother, if I were to run a show, you know <laughs> I'd fly you both in just to just to just to have that, you know, that match. You know, I was thinking about that 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 question the other day. I I know you always ask that question. If I were to run a show, and I'm wondering, are you planning on running a show eventually? I think Rubber Guard Radio is going to end up probably running a show, probably <laughs> in conjunction, probably in conjunction with Fox City or or something. Wow. And who did I say that I wanted to wrestle? <laughs> I don't know. It would probably be it would it would I would run an eight man tournament. Um of my hand picked guys and just 
I'm sorry, but Michael Modest is going to go over and win the damn thing, just because you know, I, I'm 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 queer for Mike. <laughs> well, you know, maybe you can get me in there against like Kurt Angle or something. That would be that would be sweet. Everybody that's going to be booked on the damn show is going to be sleeping in a sleeping bag in my living room. <laughs> I'm sure Kurt Angle won't mind. <laughs> He's probably no, slept no, in he, a sleeping bag before. Okay, don't don't take any offense, Court, but he wouldn't, man. You know, because my wife's not black, so he wouldn't come over. Oh man! <laughs> we'll have to rent one. Out. I'll bring no, I'll, a, I'll, I'll bring a, one. I'll bring a cousin or something. <laughs> Was uh yeah you went there I didn't but uh <laughs> all right Rob I'm gonna give you the office one more question for Mr. Sky ah uh, well well um man <laughs> I I want I actually want to know uh, would you mind talking at all about WSX because I, I was a big WSX fan I mean you know you got lots of quick fast paced wrestling you know you got these interesting gimmicks and yeah mm. I, I don't know. do you have any thoughts about WSX um, I think, I think WSX was kind of like when you're, when you, when you have an idea and you're kind of like, you know, say it's drawing or whatever, and you look at something and you're like, I can draw that. You know, you have it all worked up in your mind and it's going to come out great. And then you sit down with a piece of paper and it ends up like garbage. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying the show was garbage. I'm just saying, um, the idea was much better than the product. And um, that's not a slap at anyone who was running it or anything like that. That's just my personal opinion. I thought there was a lot of guys on there that were really talented. Um, I think there was probably too many guys, to be honest, yes. for a three-hour show, or excuse me, a 30-minute show. You know, there was a lot of guys on the roster, you know, and, and, and there was different people every single week instead of building up the guys that you had. You know, they could have just had like 10 guys and really built them up but at the same time they were trying to give people jobs so i think that was cool in itself i mean i certainly wouldn't have wanted to be one of the guys that got cut but overall i think it didn't appeal the world also got to meet matt classic that's right that's right he's legendary he's like an underground legend but i think you know what they wanted to do was they wanted to appeal to wrestling fans and then they kind of wanted to appeal to the whole um young, like, 17 through 26, you know, uh, whatever MTV crowd that were non-wrestling. And I think what it was was the opposite, where wrestling fans would look at that and be like, man, you know, this is not wrestling. This is, you know, why can't they just wrestle? And non-wrestling fans look and they see guys getting blown up and all these, you know, special effects and blinging ladders, and they're like, wow, wrestling is really fake and they're just flipping the channel. And I just I think it worked against them. They should have focused more on the wrestling because the wrestling was so different from anything you see in WWE or TNA. I think that could have been an attraction enough mm-hmm. and instead of just the, the tricks and the, the bombs and all that sort of thing. Now, Dr. Keith is listening to the show. So, Doc, I have a message. You need to get with the powers that be at Big Vision, and you need to remaster the WSX season and put all the matches uncut. I think it I love Dr. Fun. Keith, by the, the way. I love Dr. Keith. Dr. Keith is my, my brother. Dr. Keith is one, one of my favorite people. And Big Vision, I, I love Big Vision. Uh, I want to go ahead and say that and say hi to Kevin. And um, I hope to work together in the future. 
There you go. He knows what that oh, means. Speaking of, a, of uh, DVDs, brother, when are you going to finish your fucking set? <laughs> oh, man. Um, you know, I really started working on it before I got hurt. I, I really sat down and I, I came up with the whole story of ev- the storyboard of it and I picked out the matches as hard as that was and I started even trying to gather the footage and I, I finally got a copy of my match with Quicksilver from the final Revolution Pro Show which took place ah. in 2004. I never saw the match until a couple of months ago. Finally got to see that and uh, that was going to be one of the big matches on there. And Then, you know, obviously I got hurt and it just completely sidelined the whole project. But Give me a couple more months I can get back in the flow of things, and I will be right back on the DVD. I'll try to get it out before the end of the year. Damn it. Well, For sure. I, you know, you're going to get the first copy. <laughs> before yes, anybody now, else, you'll get the first now, copy. Now, are you going to be selling them through your MySpace, or, um, or how are you going to do definitely it? Definitely through the MySpace, but um, we'll see what other ways we'll, we'll be selling it you know i don't want to give anything see away but do. you know some of us have connections so we'll see what we oh. can do about that well let's connect um, <laughs> well we're, we're going to wrap it up here so uh so i can make some uh, dvds for you scorp um all right you act, make sure you check your mailbox tomorrow there should be a package in there for you i will look so, thank you but uh well let's wrap it up scorp thanks for coming on brother it was fun we'll uh we'll have to uh you know what? We need to do a Rev Pro reunion show on the air. That would be good. That would be good. That would be good. Fuck it. Before we get into the Rev Pro, once again, I want to I want to kind of you know Gene Simmons myself and push my merch and make sure everybody gets out and and when they are available, buy my T-shirt, man. It's gonna be badass. It's uh, the Boomaye Scorpio Sky T-shirt. I'm running with this whole project, man. There's gonna be a lot of um, Boomaye merchandise out there. You know, the, we got just the first shirt coming out. The design is badass. Uh, I'm already working on the second shirt, which also the design is badass, and eventually I'm going to be coming with the third shirt. So pick them up, man. You know, we got a whole clothing line. We're going to freaking blow Affliction and Extreme Couture and tap out and all them out of the water. There it is. Well, Mr. Sky, it was a pleasure having you on, dude. Um, like I said, the next time I have you on, man, we're going to have to do a, a Rep Pro uh, reunion show just because – you, to be honest, you fuckers need the love and deserve the respect, because you guys have influ- Let alone, you guys have influenced me. Um, plus, you know, the majority of uh, the indie scene and, and workers and fans in general. Um, and I must thank you for you know just uh, entertaining me. Thank you. Hey, it's all good, brother. But uh, once again, thanks for coming on, and uh, I will be talking to you very soon. Okay, man. Take care. Awesome. Take care, Scorp. All right. Bye. Okay, that was uh, SoCal-based independent worker Scorpio Sky. So, Rob, we uh, we survived two hours and fifteen minutes. Good show, huh? We topped it again, man. Every week, you know, we we just do it. I don't know how we do it. There you go. It and it ain't over better yet. Better by the week. That's right. Well, we have a show tomorrow. I have a show on Friday, and then we have another show on Tuesday. Next Tuesday, we will have the ECW Zombie on the air. The first half of the show. That should be really, really fun. Um, yes. Now, do you have anything to plug? Not yet. I'm gonna, we'll see if I can figure out something one of these days. <laughs> awesome. I'll think it's well, Robert, 
thank thank you for coming on, brother. It was uh it was uh nice to have you on, and you know you could uh, cover me while I was partaking. So, well, uh, I appreciate it, brother, and uh, I will be talking to you next Thursday, next Tuesday, or next Wednesday. All right, man. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Rob. <clears throat> okay, guys, let's uh, wrap up this show. It's uh, another show in the can, man. This is uh, show number 105. Unbelievable. Um, 